It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday, December 5th, 2017. This is the last episode of this year of the KaidoCast. And I'm Zach Thomas. Arr, I'm Captain Dave, Scourge of the Seven Seas. Where are you sailing? Arg, sailing straight into GameStop. Arg, why? To pre-order uh, Skull and Bones and no, that other pirate game. No, 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 no. It's it's Song of the Deep. Song of the Deep. They're paying us for this. Get Arr, it right. Song of the Song of the South. Ah, uh, song. No, 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 no. Song Arr, of the Deep. I cannot read, matey. <laughs> why? Why are you a pirate? Uh, I'm running out of ideas. Okay, yeah. I mean, this is what, like 26 now? I. I, <laughs> I yes. Arr. Just do that the whole episode. I. What's your ship name? Arr, the SSR. <laughs> yeah. The, the SSR. <laughs> yeah. SSD. How's that, the SSD. How's, how's the scurvy doing you? Arr, it's killing me. <laughs> Just eat oranges. I'm like a, I'm like a smoking pirate. Yeah. <laughs> Arr. Arr. <coughs> just, just cough. That's all you need to do. Anyway, that's my that audition makes... tape for Pirates 6. Oh. Um, six. I thought you were auditioning for... What, what's that? Risen? Is that the terrible... Risen is the bad pirate series. I've never played any of those. Uh, they're cool in that they're about pirates but yeah <laughs> that seems otherwise like they're th- pretty shitty are they thq that sounds like a thq game i don't know i, <sighs> I don't know i've always come close to like buying one because they're always like four dollars on steam sales yeah but i'm like you know what i'm not gonna play risen yeah no i i yeah <laughs> like i i i don't think i've ever even considered it i think i watched like a an angry joe like review on time i was like hmm, i'm not gonna play that yeah <laughs> when i was 12 um what do we do on this podcast uh we we talk about stuff uh mainly games but uh sometimes we have little anecdotes from our week that we talk oh, yeah? about yeah cool. uh my anecdote that i would like to throw in there actually happened not but like 45 minutes before recording um i had left my girlfriend's house and i was driving home and i was like oh, I'm, I'm really hungry because it's early I was like, I'm, I'm gonna stop and grab something to eat so um i pull into mcdonald's <laughs> uh, yeah i pull into mcdonald's this will be the first time i've ate fast food i've been trying not to eat fast food this will be the first time in about two and a half weeks Um, two and a half weeks yeah what a what a fast (laughs) is is that not very long i I, this is just me okay but i have fast food like maybe four times a year really like i just don't eat fast food like i mean i have options but yeah like literally the only time i go to mcdonald's is when i drive to LA over the mm-hmm. holidays and I just stop at one in the middle of like nowhere. Yeah. To get like a coffee and a thing of fries just to like keep me going. Mhm. Uh and then occasionally if if I if I feel like it I'll go to an In-N-Out. Um and that's usually at the behest of someone who wants to go to an In-N-Out. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise like 
I think I told you this before. Like, there's a Taco Bell across the street from my work that my coworkers go to almost daily. Mm-hmm. And I look at them with just fear. And I'm like, because yeah. I know one day I'm going to have to, like, restart your heart in the, <laughs> in the middle of the workday. Mm-hmm. And my lips will touch your lips. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want that mm-hmm. responsibility. Yeah. Um, Great. But please continue. I'm just saying, I, it's, I don't, like, the last time I had fast food was, like, maybe <laughs> last christmas okay but hang on yeah. is there this is this is my question so what do you eat instead like what kind of uh, I, i'm assuming there are other restaurants that aren't just like straight up sit down grab a menu and order right like you can go and get something quick right for sure like but i mean most of the stuff i eat is either i make it ahead of time uh-huh or it's just like pre-made meals from like the local grocery here. Hmm. Um, there's a food co-op in Berkeley that just makes like, hey, here's a salad. It's five bucks. I'm like, yeah, cool. That's what I'll have for lunch or dinner. Yeah. I mean, I can um, tell you all the restaurants in my in where I live, like every single one. <laughs> not sure. Um, just real quick, run, a, run down the list. Uh, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Taco Bueno, um, Sonic... I guess if you want to consider like Walmart, that's in there. I don't. Um, Tasty Freeze. All right. Have you have you ever heard of one of those? Yeah, we have one in Berkeley. It's like okay. it's like abandoned though. Actually, the the owners ran out of money to keep the Tasty Freeze name, so now it's just called the Freeze. Okay. Um, the Freeze. Charlie's Chicken. Did I already say Carl's Jr.? Carl's Jr. is in nope. there. All right. Um subway and like a bunch of pizza places like mazio's and pizza hut and then the only rest the only other ones that aren't like fast food are luigi's which is a terrible italian like quote-unquote fancy restaurant uh it's a it's like a mexican restaurant senior salsa and max which is a barbecue place max is the only one that's like I could go and get barbecue pretty quick. It's the only non-fast food something that I could just go in, order, leave. It's a paltry amount of options there. Yeah. No, that and that's. I'm pretty sure that's all of them. Like that's it. That's all I have. Um, I think there's a one called the Highway Twenty Diner. That's the only other one. Um, I like diners. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, oh, yeah, like these our our diners around here are pretty legit. Like yeah. they're like real I'm not, diners. I'm not like when I say I don't have fast food, I'm not saying I don't have bad food or like junk food. Yeah, no. I just don't have fast food. Fast food. Yeah. Like there's it. something about fast food meals that like just don't sit well with me. Mhm. Like McDonald's feels like the only one that I can kind of stomach and not feel like I have to use the restroom immediately after. Yeah. But almost every other fast food chain like KFC or Taco Bell or jack they're not real any food. any other one like the second i eat it i'm like i need to go let this i need to set this free yeah <laughs> i swallowed this a, is, a yeah. two chicken wings from kfc and now my stomach is turning inside out yeah no like it's because it's terrible for you like you're you know you're not supposed to eat like fast food ever i mean yeah. if you go to any nutritionist or like anybody who is in a position to tell you what your diet should be they will tell you do not like if you can help it just don't eat fast food because it's 
not good for you. Yeah. And it cracks me up whenever people are like, I don't know. I, I know some, I heard somebody that I'm related to <laughs> say like, Oh, I don't get those people that work out. And they're like, Oh, I just work out so I can eat bad. Like, and this person is definitely overweight and it's like, yeah, but at least they're doing something about it and you're just eating terribly. Like, I don't understand. Um, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. especially around here, there just needs to be better options for food. Right. Yeah. Like, there are just none. And they, like, the terrible part is if a local restaurant is started, it is almost immediately shut down. Like, within months, it'll shut down because they can't, like, sustain uh, right. with all these chains. Two chains. Um, no, I, I went to McDonald's, and I pull in, and, like, it was a line. There was a line there. And I kind of decided to hang out and see if I could wait it out. Because this was about 30 minutes before we were scheduled to start. And I'm sitting in line. You know, like, there's only four or five cars between me and, like, the ordering uh, speaker thing. And, like, I sit in this line. I'm just sitting in this line. It's taking forever. Like, <laughs> Rob texts the, the Discord and is like, hey, I'm not going to be there. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm waiting on food still. Like, so I'm going to be a little bit late. Um, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting. So about 15 minutes later, I get up to the, to the, uh, thing to order. And I like, I just want a sausage biscuit with an orange juice. Okay. So then we like pull, pull around. It'll be $20 at the first window. Cause like their breakfast stuff is so expensive. Really? I don't understand why it's uh, like ridiculously priced. Uh, actually, I got an egg and cheese or egg and sausage biscuit. Like their egg is like two dollars to have it added to the biscuit. Um, but anyway, I pull around and like I'm about to get to the first window and I sneeze, and my nose just starts gushing blood like all over my <laughs> my new sweatshirt. I like fling open my center console and I'm like stuffing tissues into my nose and like i get up to the window and she's like, oh my god are you okay i guess i'm fine just here's here's my card just you take it and like she runs and grabs like a bunch of uh kleenexes or whatever and like throws them in my car she's like here take these i'm like okay <laughs> like just swipe my card so i can go uh so i then have to still sit in line behind like three people at the next window and slowly make my way to the, to the next window where the next lady is like, oh, my God, are you OK? And runs and grabs more tissues and stuff and throws them into my car. And then, like, I don't know. She was like, "Are you You can come in if you need to. Are you going to be all right? And I'm like, it's just a nosebleed, guys. I'm going to make it. OK. Like, I, I, I don't know. I used to have nosebleeds all the time as a little kid, and, like, they don't bother me. I understand, like, some people have never had a bloody nose, and the idea kind of freaks them out or something, but it's like, no, just give me my crap so I can leave and hate I myself. My, I got my vessel and my nose cauterized because I used to have a lot of nosebleeds. Oh, really? So you can just, like, it's a really, it's an outpatient procedure. You just go in, and they, like, literally burn yeah. the vessel that keeps bleeding. Uh-huh. Uh, and I haven't had a nosebleed since. Really? Yeah, you just Have get you it cauterized. Punched? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> outside of a scenario where you break your nose. Okay. 
as um, I say, because I'll, I'll help you with that if you Yeah, no, I'm like. not. Um, why are you so violent today, Zach? I don't know. It's all red. I drew I drew blood, and now I'm hungry for violence. Okay. Um, but yeah, so now I got like blood all over my sweatshirt, and I didn't change it because I was running late because it, I was in the McDonald's drive-thru for like 30 minutes. And then I eat my food, and I'm like, oh, I just feel like crap. It's so greasy. <laughs> like, it just made me upset. And I don't know. Their orange juice is pretty good, though. So, all right. That was the saving grace. Um, yeah. yeah it's, other than that, like, my week has been pretty uh, laid back. A lot of work, um, especially mm-hmm. coming out of um, Thanksgiving and like Black Friday and stuff. I, we, you have some been... big Black Friday sales. Oh, yeah. Ace Hardware, man. You know, everybody goes to Ace for Black Friday. I mean, we had some pretty good stuff. Like, on Black Friday, it was, like, I think... Any deals on uh, riding mowers? On riding? No, we don't carry any riding mowers. You don't have riding mowers? No. We're pretty small. I would imagine that, like, they would be lining the front of your store, like, like a car dealership. Dude, it's December. Yeah. It's going to start snowing any day now. Yeah, well, just ride them for fun. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, man, that'd be so cool. Just put a rope on the back, you know, like hook up the old sled, drag yeah. kids around for a little while. <laughs> drag, drag them around as like blades of grass like fly out into their face <laughs> and mouth. Yep. <laughs> you mean as there. you're mowing? You're going to mow and drag you're the kids? You're mowing as you're dragging a kid. Uh, dude, you know what my dad used to do? Um, whenever we were little, we had a huge German Shepherd. And he'd hook up our sled to the to the dog. And he would, like, throw the toy. And we'd get, like, the dog would just pull us on the sled. And it was pretty awesome. That's fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, what have you been doing since you haven't been here for, like, half a year? I wasn't here last week because I was back home for the holidays, uh, yeah. and I couldn't take a few hours to podcast down there. No, that's okay. Um, I like I like literally didn't have time to do anything other than like what was on our agenda for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back home. I went with my partner. Uh, it was her first time meeting my parents so i was kind of nervous about that yeah um because my parents are like crazy nice but they will just say (laughs) heinous shit sometimes yeah they're just like that's not okay (laughs) yeah like uh here's like an interesting one um this one's see wrap your mind around this one okay Um, i'm ready so while i was also while i was down there i also traded in my car for a new car yeah you did um so I got a new Civic Si. So it's a stick shift. Things will look and my dad was cool. talking about it's it's really nice and it's like bright red, so it's really yeah. noticeable. Um, and my dad's like, uh, "Are you gonna park this just on the street? You're not afraid someone's gonna steal your car or like break into it?" Uh-huh. And I'm like, "Well, I've lived in my apartment for the last five, almost six years now, and that hasn't happened. So like, I'm not really concerned about that happening anymore. And also, it's a stick, yeah. so like." less and less people know how to drive those they'll break into like, it and then get imme- get out immediately <laughs> right like well so, so i told my dad that i was just like yeah it's a stick so like less people know how to drive stick these days and then my dad's like he just looks at me he's like 
all criminals know how to drive a stick. They all used to be truck drivers. And I looked at him and was like, what? That's <laughs> like, awesome. What, what is this weird truck driver prejudice that just came out of you all of a sudden? <laughs> like, That's awesome, was, dude. It, it's such a weird thing to say. I was like, I didn't I just, know my dad had like, in my mind, it's probably because he just knows people who were truck drivers who were also criminals. Yeah. Like, and maybe that was the common denominator between every, like, criminal my dad knows. Yeah. But just hearing someone say, like, all criminals know how to drive because they were all truck drivers once. <laughs> I was like, that's imagine, a weird... like, this very stern look, like... Yeah. Know, all of them, though. He said it so matter-of-factly, and yeah. I was just there, like... I, like, cocked my head. I was like, that's a weird thing to believe <laughs> so weird like i wonder if my dad's driving on the freeway and there's just like a truck driver passes by him just yeah. like hauling some groceries or whatever uh-huh. he just like shakes his head and looks at them. <laughs> yeah they're not just a normal person just driving a truck for it's not just someone Walmart. doing their job yeah it's some criminal this is all he can do with his life <laughs> like 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 i have nothing but respect for truck drivers fucking that's an they have an 18 gear uh like what is it like gear shaft they have to work with yeah they're hauling tons of shit mm-hmm. like in, in tiny streets that aren't meant for like trucks of that size they have yeah. to back up into basically like a golf like a a hole the size of like a, a golf hole um yeah it's yeah nothing but respect for truck drivers did, from the, from the did kyder I cast tell you about did i tell you the day that i learned how to drive a stick not but like two or three months ago no. Okay, so at work, I was the owner told me, hey, you're about to deliver out all this dirt. Um, we have the truck loaded up. You just need to drive it. And I walk out there. And I'm like, oh, hey, this is it's on the stick. Like, I can't drive a stick. He goes, all right, well, I'm going to show you. And I was like, okay. So we both get in the in the truck. Like, I, I'm sitting in the driver's seat. Like, I understand how to drive a stick. I've just never done it. So okay. I'm just worried I'm going to kill it. Like, I know how to do it. I've I've... Like, I used to ride dirt bikes and stuff, so I understand, like, the idea of, like, pulling the clutch and everything. Like, I, I know how it works. I just I just haven't done it. So, I'm in the truck. He's like, all right, uh, just push the clutch down, uh, put it in first, and uh, just go forward. I was like, okay. So, I do it, and, like, the truck just, like, jolts forward. And he's right. like, gong, 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 like, about to die. And he's like, all right, uh, no, you know, just give it a little bit of gas, make sure it's going and all that. And I'm going, and he's like, all right, to shift, you know, you put it in the clutch, you put it in a second. And I was like, okay. And I think I put it in, like, fourth instead. And he's like, oh, you know, it's this truck will be all right. Um, you're Like, you're not going to kill it, uh, so mm-hmm. it, it should be fine. He's like, all right, I drove probably in total about 100 yards. And he said, all right, you're good. Like, just go ahead. Go out to this dude's land and deliver all the all the dirt. I'm like looking at the, because our town has a highway running through it. So like if you go anywhere, you're getting on the highway. Right. And I mean, it's it's only like a 40 mile an hour, but still it's like these cars are just passing in front of me. I'm like looking out there with like, uh, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to drive this out into the road then. Yep. <laughs> like, okay. Like, oh. He's like, just don't, just don't uh, ruin the, the uh, what, what do you say? I don't know. He's like, just make sure we don't need to buy a new clutch for it after you're done. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Or new transmission. He's like, just make sure you don't destroy the transmission. I was like, 
yeah, whatever. Uh, I guess I, if I just die, that'll be fine too. Um, so that was how I learned how to drive a stick, but I did all right. So yeah, it's not as hard now as like you make it out to be when you're first sitting there. Like, oh shit! No, a criminal could um, could definitely do it. No, a criminal definitely does it. They all do it. They all do it. Um, they've all They're done all truck it. drivers. Um, so what else? What else happened while you were home? God, what happened? Did you eat food? I ate food. Yeah? It was nice. Did you guys have a, yeah. a fancy Thanksgiving? Or, like, was it... Did Did you actually have turkey? Or did you go for something? I had Thanksgiving up here. Oh, really? Okay. In the bay with oh, my... Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you left... With my partner's family. Yeah, I left on Friday. Yeah. Okay. Um, Not a whole lot of thing, or Black Friday shopping in the sky. Oh, wait, no. You didn't no. fly, did you? You drove. No, I drove. Okay. Um, And it was pretty pleasant. Wait. Know, like... What's up? Did you drove your car down there and then just traded it out for a new one and drove the new one back? Yes. Great. Okay. Yeah. I like the that's how idea I, of that. That's how I did it. Great. Out out with the old and with the new. <laughs> okay. Um it's a good way to get used to your car is yeah. drive it for eight hours. Uh-huh. Um on like the perilous cliffs of California. Yeah, no. Um which like you actually can't there there is a road that goes right along the shore which is like it's literally like a cliff and then the the, the uh the barrier and then just a sheer drop <laughs> um so it, it's a really freaky road to so drive on but like there was a landslide so you can't drive on that uh, uh currently darn yeah so you could have like the, filmed the a commercial for your car though if you did that oh yeah it would have been really bad cuz i don't drive my car fast <laughs> um I've just, like, learned to be a really safe driver yeah. up here. Well, uh, you know, like, yeah. if you're driving the speed limit, you're going to get where you're going at the same speed. Like, stop signs and stoplights are going to make sure that you're getting there, the, like, the same amount of time. Yeah, it's a great fast. it's a great equalizer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's like, it's kind of weird to have a sporty car and drive it normally. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's almost like the, like, people like anticipate how they think I'm going to drive around me. Mm-hmm. So I see p- people are constantly like speeding by me. And I think it's because they think I'm going to, they're trying to match my speed so they can like merge or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, I'm staying at this speed. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll take it out for a joy ride, but like, yeah, just hit the turn. You know what sucks? Uh, par- uh, speeding tickets. They do. Yeah. They're expensive. They're really, yeah, like, my last speeding ticket I had was uh, $580 or something. Jeez. Yeah, it's like, no thanks. That's too much. <laughs> it's way too much. For, I... Like, I was, like, by myself on the highway. Yeah. And they were just like, you were going over the, the limit of speed. I was like, really? <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but, uh... The last ticket I got. This is uh f- from my this is my own um ignorance or something I don't know stupidity actually. Um I had decided to not re up my tag or something. I don't know what uh-huh. was going through my head but I I remember like my dad going, "Hey, it's time for you to to uh like up your tag like to this year like update it and get the the 2018 tag." I was like, "Okay." <clears throat> and I just never did. I don't know why not. I I don't know why I didn't but I just never went into like the tag agency and got that done. So a few weeks back, I was like in Tahlequah, the where my girlfriend's school is, 
and I'm driving. It's like middle of the night. We go eat, and uh, I forgot to like for some reason I I only had my headlights and like the running lights, so it's like the like they're just not headlights. It, it's just you know, like it's just the running lights, and I couldn't tell that my headlights weren't on because we were like in the city, and I get pulled over, and the cop walks up to the window. He's like, hey. Um, your headlights weren't all the way on. I was like, oh, okay. And I turn them on. He's like, also, your tag is like six months out of date. And if you're more than three months, I'm supposed to impound your car. Like, oh, huh. Weird how that happened. Um, but after talking to him for a minute, he's like, oh, you seem like a good enough kid. Um, just go get it done tomorrow and pay off the ticket. Like, I'm gonna have to give you a ticket, but it's better than getting your car impounded tonight. Uh, and just don't do that. I was like, okay. So I got it done. And it was very expensive. Uh, that ticket was very expensive. And also, like, the late fees on my tag were very expensive. So uh, I highly suggest you stay on top of that crap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's it couldn't be easier. They mail you the sticker, and then you put the sticker on your <laughs> No, no, that's not. Is that how it works there? Yeah, maybe it is a state thing. No, In California, like, they mail you your tags. Oh, really? And then it's a sticker that you put over your old tag. Oh, that's so much easier. I have to like go to the Cherokee Nation like headquarters because I'm Cherokee and talk to them for an hour and sit and wait and pay like 70 bucks for a new sticker that just says 2018. And then I have to put that on my car. Interesting. So it's like a whole day thing. And I just put it off until I had to pay like six hundred dollars. That's a real. That's a real bummer. Yeah, it, it sucks. Uh, I, sorry for cutting you off again. I it, literally, when you asked me like what interesting things I did last weekend, I was like at a loss. I was like, I didn't do anything interesting last weekend. I just took it easy. Yeah, I mean that's uh, fine. Nothing I just kind of needed. That. Yeah, my uh, it's, in my memory, like. I spent most of my weekends sitting in bed next to my partner, like playing Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Yeah, uh, how how are you liking uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp? Uh, it's cool. It's weird. I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting in that it gets a lot of Animal Crossing right. Yeah. It's interesting is it's a mobile game that feels or at least uh, resembles the console and other mobile games uh, or handheld game like experience. Yeah. Like it's still walking around and shaking trees and talking to animals and rearranging furniture. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's like... It dresses it, up like it's not just a mobile game. <laughs> it's like it puts on this facade. To to uh, to an extent, but they've also kind of removed the veneer off a lot of the game. So like... Mm-hmm. There are things that happen, like timers will appear um, all over the place. Yeah. So, like, um, so when you shake a tree, it's just like, all right, three hours until the fruit grow back. Mm-hmm. Or when you build a piece of furniture, Cyrus is like, all right, I'll have that done in six hours. Um, you know, or if you're making an amenity, one of the bigger pieces that go on your camp. Yeah. They're like, all right, this is going to take two days. <laughs> um, so there are kind of timers all over the place. It'll tell you when... Uh, like, the world is going to refresh. So, it's like, people are going to move from their campsites in one hour. So, get talking to them now. Yeah. Um, so, there's a lot of timers all over the place, which makes sense for a free-to-play mobile game. 
um, and aren't incongruous with what Animal Crossing has always been like. So, like, Animal Crossing's always had, like, all right, this is all the furniture you can buy today from Tom Nook, or this is all the clothes you can buy today, or these are all the fruit you can, you know, pick today. Yeah. Um, and you have to wait till the next day for that stuff to grow back. Um, like, that's always been there. Mm-hmm. So, in a sense, like, it's not that different from how it used to be. Um, but it feels a little more limited in the mobile game. Um like, I don't know about you, but, like, since I've downloaded this thing whenever it came out, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like the furniture selection that, like, the Nook Jr. or whatever gives you, like, yeah. or Tim or whatever his name is, like, it's always been bad. Yeah. Like, it's, it's it, just, like, you all you have is, like, junk. Yeah, no, it, it's exactly the same as what the furniture selection is in New Leaf if you go to the, the trailer park. Like right the part that they added it's like the exact same kind of stuff it's just like oh i don't really want any of this which looking back on that now is like it was like they were trying to get us prepared for this maybe like hey this is the look isn't this cool and it's like no i i've went over to this area once and i don't want to go back yeah Um, um like can i just say it's real like shitty of these animals to be like hey uh you know It'd be really cool if you got this chair, and also I'm not coming to your camp unless you get that chair. And right. like, okay, like this is this is not my camp. Like I can't run it how I want to run it. We can't be friends yeah. if I don't make your chair. Yeah, it's it's a weird, and like, it some it just doesn't make sense. It's like, why do you need me to build a cable spool? Mm-hmm. Like it makes sense that you have to be a certain level before yeah. they uh before they come to your camp, um. The furniture thing is just, like, ultimately, like, what I'm starting to see, or I've I've always kind of assumed and I'm definitely seeing it now, Mm -hmm. is that this game's rewards are always slightly less than uh, the work or resources or time that they take to make. Um, And, like, the game is very clearly moving into a direction where it's, like, pretty soon, like, you're not going to be able to do shit without these leaf tickets um the game is very generous with the leaf tickets at the beginning they're like oh you have hundreds of them and you like look at everything you can build and it's like oh everything only costs like you know five leaf tickets to speed up or whatever like i have more leaf tickets than i'll ever need and then later on like the 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 essences that you collect yeah like are kind of lame yeah because you like you don't get any of that stuff yeah and so it's just like oh i want to make like I, i i finally made it but like for the last two weeks i was like i want to make this half pipe yeah. But to make a half pipe, I have to have a bunch of uh, sporty essence, and to have a bunch of sporty essence, I have to, or I lose, I, I wasted all my sporty essence getting the sporty tent mm-hmm. up to level three, and now I have no sporty essence, and all the sporty animals aren't giving me shit, even though, because like, I've already leveled them up a lot um, to get the sporty essence to begin with to make those tents, and so now I'm getting like one sporty essence like every day or every two days. And I need like ten more, so I'm like, fuck. And it's like, and it's right there the whole time. It's like, or you can spend hundred and fifty leaf tickets, <laughs> and uh, you can get this half pipe right now. And it's one of those things. It's like, fuck. Like, this this goal that I'm working towards is two weeks away if I do it the normal way, um, or immediate if I use these leaf tickets. Yeah. Um. So what? And I guess it's like, what yeah, level what, are you in in the game? Twenty. Twenty. Okay. I think I yeah. got up to like thirteen. And mm-hmm. I just told myself, like, okay, 
I'm just going to get the daily login bonus until I get kind of the, the cool paint job for my my yeah. camper and then I'm out. And that was that happened two days ago and I haven't played like I haven't even opened it since. Right. Like it's just so I guess that like, yeah, uh, moves into the other thing about this game mm-hmm. is that like it could be a very good social game. Yeah. Uh, the way kind of like Matomo tried to be where it's all about like this game is more about sharing with your friends and saying like hey come to my campsite and check things out or look at how I made my character like it, it is poised to be a very good game for that um, but there is jack shit to do when you visit your friend's camp like you can't even talk to their animals yeah. um, and also everyone gets the same animals which is another annoying thing because Usually Animal Crossing's been good about, like, mixing up who gets who um, mm-hmm. or, like, randomizing that. Um, but everyone gets the same progression of animals in this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, there's there's no incentive to, like, even the, like, really, the, the, the social elements of the old Animal Crossing games, like, oh, this town has this fruit, this town has this fruit, um, and that it would incentivize you to, like, trade fruits or whatever, like, that is missing. Um, because you can't grow trees, like, you can only pick what's there. Um, so, like, all these things that, like, were social elements of the old Animal Crossing, even basic shit, like, write someone a letter, or, like, draw on their bulletin board, or Mm -hmm. whatever, like, that stuff's all missing. Um, you can only give them kudos, which is, like, a pointless currency that gives you, like, friend sauce that doesn't turn into anything. Like, there's a lot of things about this game that are just, like, it's just, like, it would be much much better if they were more fleshed out yeah um but the design of this game seems to be like complete like wholly encompassed around these leaf tickets and that economy like um they just had their first social event or what what do you want to call it like instanced event their uh something like their christmas event and the christmas event is just yeah a a new currency Mm -hmm. yeah holiday event like um they call it holiday event but it's only christmas shit (laughs) and they even like they even say like santa's hat and like santa's boots yeah and i'm like i don't think there's santa in the animal crossing universe i thought santa was that uh reindeer character was supposed to be that reindeer character Mm -hmm. in the old games but in this game like that reindeer character is not there it's just santa so Um, okay what if your villager or whatever are are they still they're called the villager right like that's i don't know what it's called in this Okay, well, your villager, I mean, he's on the road. What if he went to America? What if he went to America? Also, I, okay, this, like, kind of uh, upset me because after thinking about this more and more, um, I, I don't know, I just got slightly, slightly more disturbed. Why is your mom not in this game? Why would your mom be in this game? Because you always get letters from your mom and and, like, in your reg- in the regular Animal Crossing, did your mom That's... die? No, you don't think so. I don't so? think so. You think you just left her? Now you're like gone. I mean, you left her before. I don't, I think you're like, just like like your mom was a huge part of the old Animal Crossing. I don't game. know. It's like heartwarming. You get, like hey, here you, you go. You get the occasional letter from your mom. Yeah. She can't send you a letter if you're on the road. You don't have an address. You just have a campsite. <laughs> Turned into um, a hippie. I mean, you have a mobile phone that works. Yeah, why can't I call my mom? I don't know. Is that going to be an you event? Should, you can finally call you your just mom? Play, you should play some Earthbound if you want to get calls from your mom. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, 
I, I'm really only playing this game because my partner really likes it. Mm-hmm. That's yes, um, same here. Yeah, and it's just like, and she's also fucking excellent at it. Like, I didn't think it could be good at a mobile game. Like, I thought the idea was that we're all kind of like constricted to these same timers and we're all going to progress through this game at pretty much the same rate. And like, on the drive down from the bay to LA, she like pretty much went from zero to level 10 on that drive. And I was just like, how did you do that so fast? <sighs> and like, now she's like close to level 30 or something. Yeah. Like, she has all this shit. I'm like, how are you doing so well at this game? <laughs> um, Because it's like, I, I, I know Animal Crossing backwards and forwards. And like, I can't for the life of me progress through anything. It's also just like boredom. Yeah. Like after a while, it's just like this character's like, oh, this character needs one more herring before you can f- complete the request. And I'm, I'm just sitting there like, I could in four seconds go to the beach and go catch one of these fish that they need. But you know what? Fuck this. And I just turn it yeah. off. Because it's like that stuff is dull. Yeah. And there's just like the f- there's just a yeah. lot of loading. <laughs> like it's a lot of loading between screens. Like and even and, and but, like the thing is like the rewarding thing about Animal Crossing has always been the characters and like interacting with them. Uh, the little special events that would happen here and there, like, or the characters that would come once a month, and you're like, oh, shit, it's that character. Yeah. Um, Like, those little surprises that would come, and, like, all of that has been stripped from this game. Um, It's very predictable. Like, there's no real surprises whenever you load it up. It's just kind of, like, the same bullshit. Um, And they've taken away a lot of the charm of it. Like, you don't mm. have a pun when you catch a bug or you catch a fish. Yeah. Like, it just says, oh, you caught a fucking fruit beetle. I was like, okay. Um, like, those little things that make Animal Crossing Animal Crossing are all kind of missing. Um, so, yeah, like, I'm playing this game and I'm, I'm getting progressively, like, more down on it. Yeah. Uh, and just more interested in a proper sequel. Well, the thing is, uh, like, I had, like, playing regular Animal Crossing, I had goals. Like, I had personal goals. Right. Like to do certain stuff, which I mean, like you said, your half pipe was like a personal goal. But I feel like my personal goal was so much bigger and like I could chip away at it like in, in New Leaf or whatever. Like I'm like, OK, I'm going to decorate my town and I'm going to make my town look like awesome. And I'm also going to fill up the museum, which is not in pocket right. camp and, or like like you don't have that here. It's just like I'm going to get the next animal at my town or in my right. Uh, my camp like there's just I, I don't know it's just a it's just a treadmill like they go kind of just yeah. going and going and going and like there's no like gratification for like when I do get an animal in my camp because it's like oh I just had to build all the crap and like good job me I waited the two days it took to build everything like I, it's just not it, there's just nothing there it seems like it, it yeah like it's those 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 requests keep you from like doing what you want to do yeah like the game should be like build the furniture you want to build so you can design and so like when you want to have this character come to your camp because there's a certain affinity like oh i want the cute characters in my camp so i can get more cute essence to make more cute shit yeah um but like you can't invite the cute characters because you need to make 40 other things um yeah that you don't want to make like all of that stuff is uh i don't know it just grinds you to a halt yeah um 
and just takes a lot of the personality out of the game. Like, like one of my favorite things to do in Animal Crossing is just write people really, like, incensed letters. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's like you, you talk to fucking Kit Kat or whatever and be like, I gave you one of my nicest rugs and you gave me a fucking wallpaper of, like, rotten wood. Yeah. Like, like I want to put up the rotten wood wallpaper set in my house, you piece of shit. Watch your back, Kid Cat. And you write all of that verbatim on a letter, mail it to them. Uh-huh. And the next time you see them, like, I got your letter. It was so nice. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. I'm always going to cherish this letter. Yeah. And it's like, oh, these animals can't read. <laughs> like, <laughs> but they can write just fine. Um, or you put something on the bulletin board. Mm-hmm. It's just like, everyone watch your back. And then, like, oh, yeah. it's just everyone's there, like, look at this great thing that fucking dave wrote on our bulletin board um yeah like all of that is missing like this game is definitely has lost the heart of animal crossing to say that there's just no heart to it like nope it's just kind of empty and soulless yeah which is unfortunate because that's all that and like regular animal crossing is like i don't know i feel like there's just so much heart in regular animal crossing like it's very lovable Right. Like down yeah, to the point of like it's you're living in a town full of animals. Yeah. Like I can have a town full of dogs. Like that's uh, it's just it's unfortunate, I guess. But I will say that I did start this game and I was like, "Oh, this is just kind of Animal Crossing." <laughs> like at the very beginning I was just yeah. like, "Oh, this is just Animal Crossing." I was like I don't know what I was expecting, but I was just expecting to be like, all right, give us $5 right up front. Like, I don't know. Like, right. I was just expecting, like, this super egregious, uh, like, thing. I don't, like, I don't know what. I, I don't know what exactly I was expecting. It, it just wasn't Animal Crossing, I guess. I think it gives you a good first impression. Like, yeah. oh, look how unlike a mobile game this feels. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that, like, Fire Emblem immediately felt like something different because they had these like really small grids. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, Fire Emblem on a on a six by eight grid. I was like, that's fucking tiny. Like, the Fire Emblem was supposed to have these like sweeping battlefields, and now I have to like all my battles are on these tiny grids. Yeah. Um, and there's no permadeath, so like immediately you're like, okay, this isn't like Fire Emblem at all. Mm-hmm. Or you play Mario Run, and you're like, all right, this obviously is not like a Mario game because I have s- such limited control. Uh. But playing Pocket Camp, I was like, all right, like, they kind of got Animal Crossing, how it feels to play it. Yeah. Um, But then, yeah, you, you play, as you get deeper into it, you're like, mm, there's not much here. Like, this is a really shallow Animal Crossing experience. And you shake a tree and a timer comes up. <laughs> you shake a tree and immediately there's a timer and you can use some fertilizer if you want to grow more fruit. I don't even understand like, why they would put the timer there. Just let it be like normal. I mean, I understand. They're like... Oh, it's good. Hey, uh, player, it's going to be like three hours, but just throw some fertilizer on there and uh, you'll have it immediately. But I don't know. Like it's. Yeah. I don't, maybe maybe they've done studies that people actually like to watch timers. It's like a progress bar. I'd rather look at like, Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. Spreadsheets are cool. Uh, do you want to hear about another mobile game? Yeah, go for it. Okay, Puzzle Fighter from Capcom. This is the, mm-hmm. like, the... Everybody seemed a little iffy about this game whenever it was announced because they made these weird, like, not really chibi, but not, like, the old character models. Like, mm-hmm. they look strange. Um, and I, I played some of it. It came out, I don't know if it came out on iPhones. It came out on Android the other day. 
And I decided that, like, hey, I've never played Puzzle Fighter. I like uh, Tetris. I like Puyo Puyo. Let's do it. Um, Puzzle Fighter is kind of cool. It did not feel, uh, I guess, like, first things first, it didn't feel super egregious um, as a mobile game. Um, I I only played maybe an hour. Uh, so like the way it works, like also you start up this game and there's like a five part tutorial that All right. I wish I could just say, no, I understand how these kind of games work. Just let me, let mm-hmm. me do it. Um, and you kind of just get thrown in and it's like, all right, play online or play your, like our daily single player or something. And you just do puzzles. Like, have you ever played Puzzle Fighter? Oh, hell Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like I, I'm into mm-hmm. it. Um, it's not like hard, um, but I guess some people think it is because I was wrecking house online, um, and like the way it's set up. Again, I didn't play for very long, but like as far as like I can tell from microtransactions, like right out the gate, it kind of gives you a bunch of like, ooh, Ryu got to level up because it's doing the the stuff. In most mobile games where it's like you have your base character, but you level up that character and you can also get like, I'm assuming you can get like special versions of that character with different costumes and stuff. So I started out with Ryu, Chun-Li, and Frank West, uh, mm-hmm. which it was weird to see that they were like incorporating other other Capcom uh, licenses in here. So like Dante is in here from uh, Devil May Cry. Um, okay. I'm trying to think of some other ones. So this is just like... The Marvel versus Capcom cast. Yes. Except without Marvel, I guess. Actually, yes. I think it's that's exactly what it is. There, like, I don't remember seeing like Vega in there. There, there are a few like. Oh wait, that's no, that's Street Fighter. Um, yeah, I don't remember seeing like Vega, Vega in there or anything. But, um, so there are a few gone. But yeah, it's totally like X from Mega Man or whatever, and like just Capcom licenses. And I don't know. It was kind of fun. Um, it didn't like after each match if you I, I think if you win you get to like spin basically just spin a wheel and see all your prizes go by as you get the like crappy prize with just mm-hmm. a bunch of coins and stuff which you use coins to level up your character but you you first listen to this you first need like materials to to like actually insert the level up so like if you want to level up um reuse sure you can or whatever you have to get 3 sure you cans and then you use your coins to actually level it up um uh, if it just lets me play puzzle fighter forever uh without like having to lose all my lives and go oh I guess I get to wait 2 hours I'm okay with that like sure like I don't care if I'm weak or whatever if I can just play this puzzle fighter for a little bit and look at his ugly characters. I don't know. They're not terrible. Frank West looks awful, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Like Chun Li and Ryu, they look fine. Um, I still think Chun Li looks weird. <laughs> like Capcom forgot how to make Chun Li at some point. They look uh, they look generic. Yeah, is their problem. Like they look like the art for any basically <laughs> any mobile match three game. Mm-hmm. At this point, like, there are so many of those coming out of Japan and China and Korea. Yeah. That all utilize, like, the same artwork. 
Um, and this looks like it's just ripped out of that. Like, there's nothing about this that looks like, oh yeah, one of the Street Fighter creators uh, made these characters. Yeah. It, like, it looks like they just went to the school of generic anime. Yeah, it and got these got these drawn. It remind it, like it looks like they lost the original like prints of Chun Li, and they don't know how to like play their games or something. And then somebody else got hired, and they said, "Uh, you played Street Fighter, right? Just draw Chun Li from your memory." Okay, <laughs> like it just doesn't. I don't know. It, it does not look like Chun Li. Just it looks like anime woman number one mm-hmm. with in Chun Li's outfit. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about there. It's just, um, I'll probably play more. If it gets, like, super egregious, I won't. But as of right now, it's kind of fine. Uh, what else have you been playing? Uh, where to begin? Um, I started and finished uh, Resident Evil 7. Oh, really? Uh, this week. That was yeah. fast. Uh, so after the you finished the game, it has a timer. Um, so it took me 8 hours and 20 minutes to finish. Oh, that's not bad. Um. And I was, as I was telling you, I feel like this game could be uh, speed ran, sped run, sped run. Let's say sped run. Yes, sped run. Uh, this game could be sped run, um, in maybe like ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. And I looked online, and that is the speed run record. Oh, really? It's ninety minutes. Um, because let let's start with uh, I guess positives about this game. Uh, it gets the atmosphere like perfect. Yeah. Um. In kind of like that great '80s horror way, where everything is just like dripping and just wet and gross, uh-huh. like just like that practical effects era of horror movies, where everything was just like disgusting and like pulsating. And uh, this game is definitely like super gross to look at uh-huh. half the time. Like, um, what if you're not looking at a big chunk of flesh, you're looking at like a bunch of just like bugs over things, like. The bugs are the scariest thing in this game, I think. Yeah. It's just like occasionally you'll just be like looking through something and then just like a fucking flood of spiders will like overcome you or um, just like maggots mm-hmm. will be everywhere just like or grubs or whatever. Like there's just like gross pulsating shit everywhere yeah. in this game. Um, just like exploding on your face. There's a lot of body horror in this game mm-hmm. um, that's done really well. Um and I think through most of the game, uh, the environment is kind of just like dripping and and just like chock full of detail, um, and probably like very. This is kind of like how do I want to say this? This is kind of like the Force Awakens to A New Hope. They kind of just remade Resident Evil One again, where you're investigating this mansion where something went bad. Yeah. Um, and in trying to like discover what was the cause of this outbreak, mm-hmm. um, but even to like a lesser extent, um, because I guess like this is both a strength and I guess a weakness of this game. Okay. Um, so this game, you are investigating. You, you get a the the, the overall uh, motivation of this game is you're a character named Ethan who gets uh, in Silent Hill two fashion. Um, an email from his dead wife um, or his missing wife, I think but his wife's just missing, been missing yeah. for three years. Um, you get an email from her um, and she's like, oh, I'm over here. <laughs> it's like, okay, so you go over to investigate. Um, it's this, it's this like 
rundown mansion on this bayou. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they specify the state. It might be Louisiana. I think it's Louisiana. Yeah. Um, you go and investigate. Very quickly, find out that shit has gone awry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you very quickly find uh your ex-wife, but something is up with her to the point where she is violent and attacking you and seems possessed. Something's definitely up with her. <laughs> Something is up Something with her. Yeah, right. she is. Not she is not who you remember. Um, yeah, and then um, then very early on, you kind of are introduced to this family that is running this house. Um, so it is this uh, mother, father, their son, um, and this old woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and like uh, throughout, they are pretty much the central threat throughout most of the game. Yeah, um, which is cool because like they are genuinely discomforting and uh frightening characters yeah um like just like they they kind of they kind of appear out of nowhere all the time um so you think you're safe and they'll just show up whether they crash through a wall or just appear behind you um the grandmother character is like constantly just like she's in a wheelchair and she looks like she's like barely cognizant yeah but she appears everywhere like you'll open a door in yeah. like a mine or something and she'll just be sitting there in her wheelchair like looking at you mm-hmm. um and you'll be like how did you get down here yeah. <laughs> like um and, and, and she's like, also like like very inconspicuously like sitting in the corner of a room and like oh i just right. noticed you were sitting here like you were watching me this whole time yeah and she's creepy because she like she doesn't talk or anything yeah. she just kind of sits there and stares forward mm-hmm. um so like in it the characters are creepy in a very effective way mm-hmm. um and the the other the issue i have with this game though is like like every resident evil this isn't the only one kind of guilty of this but like pretty much every resident evil game um after the after the first half it's no longer scary mm-hmm. um cuz you're just cuz you you're just an arsenal of weapons <laughs> and also you're so kind of like, desensitized not... to the scares i feel like that that's the like same kind of feeling you get in a movie like once you see the the bad threat and like towards the end it's like no i know what it looks like and i know what is happening sure i got the same feeling from like outlast it's like okay at some point i'm just sprinting through this right i'm not really scared Like, like for me the problem was like the game after the first half stops it kind of runs out of ideas at least with in the monster department yeah so here's a big th- the criticism I have of this game. There's one monster type in it. Oh really? There's one. Like um there I mean, unless you count bugs. Yeah. Unless you count big flying bugs, in which case there are two monster types. <laughs> but in this game like the the infection that is spreading um I forgot the name of it, but basically it turns uh people into what's called the molded. Um so they're like these large looming like it's hard to kind of get it like they're they're humanoid in their appearance but they're basically like these giant black flesh monster things that kind of walk around yeah um they can take a lot of hits uh they can kind of stretch their limbs um and they like have slightly altered appearances like one will have a a larger arm that kind of has a blade on it or some of them will be fatter and will explode when you kill them like they're boomers yeah um they're all lumbering and slow uh they're really stupid um and after you see it for like the second time like the first time you see it you're like oh holy shit what is that yeah um and after that you're just kind of like okay like these things aren't that threatening and then they are the enemy throughout the whole game 
Really? Like the entire game, you just fight those things. <laughs> um, if they're not the bakers, if it's not like the family, it's those things. And those things aren't scary at all. And very early on, you can realize like, I can just kind of knock this thing back with a bullet, mm-hmm. run around it, escape from it, and I'm fine. Yeah. Um, it, so it be, like, it, it's just like, there's no threat. There's no real palpable threat. Yeah. Uh, once you realize how harmless those things it are. It seemed like the first time you meet them is like the first time that you actually have to kill one. Like that you have right. to kill it because you're like stuck in that room with it. And because you right. opened up the, the drawer with the with the the molded inside of it. And then you have to get the note and leave. But that like I don't think you can leave that room unless you kill that one. But that seemed like the only one that you had to kill. And also... Like they were unsettling to me just because they were bullet spongy. Um, it was unsettling right. at first, then it was just aggravating. Yeah, like, um, I, it, maybe part of this is like I played this game on easy just because I wanted to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like if on easy, they take three or four bullets to the head before their head blows yeah. up. Um, and I got, I was never at a point like maybe once I was at a point where I didn't have ammo. Okay, but throughout the rest of that game, I just had ammo that I could unload on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like, I guess a big criticism I have of this game is just like, it just stops becoming scary. Um, and once you're there, once you're at the point where like this game is no longer scary, like it loses a lot of its impact. Like, um, because like you said, you're just kind of sprinting through corridors at that point. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm just going to run through this because there's four enemies in here and like, I don't want to deal with them. Um, and I think that's a, that's a problem. Because uh, it keeps you from, like, really, like, taking in, like, soaking in the environments. Like, I think where this game was at its strongest was, like, when Jack or the mother character um, are, like, looking for you. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of just, like, these big threatening presences that are, like, they're they're coming through the hallway and you see them and you're, like, oh, shit. Like, I can't, they, they will absolutely end my shit if I, like, see them. Yeah. Um, that's when it's effective. So when you start, like you know offing these characters um like the threat is just like by magnitudes diminished um and there's a point in the game where like you know you off all the threats Uh and you're just like all right well the bakers are done all i have left are just like whatever the big bad is at the end and and all it's yeah and all it's stupid uh like flesh monster minions um it also does the thing kind of I was hoping it wouldn't get here, but the latter half, and I've, I've heard this criticism before, the latter half of this game is more uh, more in line with the latter Resident Evil games. Uh-oh. Yeah. Or it's more of an action game than it is a horror game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like 100% the case. You're like you, uh, without spoiling too much, you embody a different character um, okay. for a portion of the last half of the game. Um, and this character has a submachine gun has like explosives out the wazoo oh, wow. um and is like more mobile than Ethan uh-huh. um so, and <laughs> I was like at that point I was like this isn't scary at all I'm just playing an action game yeah. like um and it, it just like ruins a lot of it like into left for dead it's just yeah kind of um and like the environments stay interesting but I think the the central mystery is kind of uh I don't know it's not the best mm mm-hmm. It kind of takes this weird, like, um, what's that game I want to think of? Oh, I've forgotten. It's basically like there's a child behind things. Oh. <laughs> like, like, like a lot of like 
dumb horror tropes. Yeah. It's like this all started because like a child wasn't loved enough. Uh, um, you know, like okay, just um, like what? What's that stupid movie? I don't know. It's every horror movie. Like the, it's like every yeah. horror movie. It's like every horror movie is like I was thinking of House someone of Wax, did, but I mean, sure. Every horror movie, like someone does a child wrong, yeah. and then like lo and behold, like a uh, shit goes down. Your kids, right? Um, so I think I think where this game excels is it has like really fantastic atmosphere mm-hmm. um and like is genuinely scary for like a solid three to four hours of it yeah. um i think it gets well it sounds like it hits scares. all it hits all the beats it starts out as pt then it turns into resident evil and then it turns into later resident evil pretty much like, <laughs> yeah it starts off like something where you're just like holy shit this is like genuinely horrifying yeah to this is a Resident Evil game. Here's, I guess, this is another criticism that I forgot to bring up. Um, the puzzles in this game suck. Really? Oh yeah, the, the they shadow are, ones. They, yeah. I mean, aside from like every puzzle, every puzzle in this game is extremely easy to solve. Yeah. Like, there's nothing in this game where I was like a head scratch. I was like, how do you solve? It's it, it's literally like, go down the one corridor you can go down until you find the MacGuffin that you stick into the door. Yeah. Um, which is barely even a puzzle. Um. And yeah, like as far as like proper puzzles, like put this thing together or find out how to open this thing, like that it's not really there. That's kind of upsetting um, because, like, yeah. as some like I only got two and a half hours in the game or so. Like whenever it opens up, uh, I got a little bit far further. Or what would you say? It's like the first time the mom is looking for you, and you're mm-hmm. like running around this area, and it's like hiding from the mom. Um, right. It's about two hours in. Um. But whenever you first go out into that like kind of bigger living room while the dad is chasing you, whatever his name is, I can't remember the Jack. Jack. Whenever Jack's chasing you, um, like you see the the seal or the crest or whatever on the door, and you see that you need like four different items to unlock that door, and it's like, oh god, like like I don't know, like my stomach kind of dropped because it's like I have to find all of like this crap and. And to hear that it's just easy to, to like figure these puzzles out, it just doesn't it doesn't have the same impact. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the game is like, how do you just escape or maneuver around Jack? Yeah, and the mom, um, and like that stuff is interesting because it's like, all right, I can't go down that way; I will get killed. Yeah. Do I hide here? Like that tension of hiding behind like a crate and having them like loom right over you. Like, that's still very effective. Yeah. Um, but again, like, once the threats are removed and you can kind of have some breathing room to, like, think about what you're going to do next, uh, it's just not scary. And, it, it, again, it, it kind of becomes a chore because you have to do some backtracking. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, I don't know why, but this game is separated into, like, five different houses. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> there's, like, the guest house you start in. There's yeah. the main house. There is a house that's on the docks. There is a house that's just full of traps that the sun make. <laughs> um and then there's some fifth place, and then you go into the mines or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're in one house. You're like, all right, I have the key for this other house. I have to go run over there. And like, That's so weird. Um, there is some cool like ways they subvert and change the environments as you're moving between houses. Okay. Um, but ultimately, it, it does feel kind of like busy work um, at some points. And then like the 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 house that I thought was going to be more puzzly, like the trap house that yeah, the sun makes. The trap house. Uh, yeah, the trap house. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of shitty. Like this guy's traps are: can you avoid these very 
like clearly placed mines <laughs> by walking under these like trip wires kind of trap house um that, that it's like the only traps there are in this whole damn house there's like one thing that actually like got me off guard and killed yeah. me everything else is like super telegraphed so i was like all right and then there's a one sequence where you have to solve this puzzle to like light a birthday cake or something mm-hmm. um and it's kind of like goofy how it works okay. like it doesn't make sense in the narrative of the game but like i don't want to spoil okay. it um but i don't know overall like this is a really solid course correction for the series like yeah this is a lot better than like what six was mm-hmm. um and like i like i, I want to keep resident evil grounded in horror roots rather than like an action movie yeah which is kind of like what the series turned into after four um but i i think they fell back on like some of the mistakes they made with the latter series like i don't think these games are good once you make them action games yeah. and do you think that like well i don't know i was gonna say do you think it was because like they thought oh we have to have some of this in here because like fans of resident evil will come to expect that now but i mean if that were the case i feel like that would be throughout more of the game than just the end like the last thing that you see right it's always like the progression that resident evils have gone into is like you start with a handgun and a knife and yeah. then maybe you'll find a better gun or you'll find like a grenade or There's something to light them gun. on fire um and like that's always kind of been resident evil so it's not like it's uh not in line with what the series has mm-hmm. done but like literally like three four hours into this game you get a grenade launcher um that you can make ammo for pretty easily and then you also get a flamethrower. You get a magnum. I think I might have got, get I think I might a have got the machine gun. Um, you get all this, like, you have this gigantic arsenal. You get what seems like bottomless remote mines. Where is like, he finding this At the end of the game, stuff? I had, like, 20 remote mines. Yeah. And the remote mines are way overpowered. I killed the final boss with three of them. Great. Like, it's all it took. It wasn't like... I was expecting... The, like, this last boss in proper resident evil fashion is this giant thing mm-hmm. um and i was like all right it's gonna take a lot of uh a lot of my ammo and nope it took three remote mines <laughs> great um it's it was really underwhelming turned into one person right yeah uh i guess like that might be my last point of criticism on this game the bosses suck yeah they, they're really like this this game is not really built around mobility um no not at all it is a it is a lumbering yeah yeah it's a lumbering first person game like it's it's really like once there's a gun and pt yeah once you put like any once there's any action in this game like it becomes just really miserable like um in a way that i guess makes sense for any horror game it's like oh your character is not a soldier by any means so like they shouldn't be good at shooting or aiming or whatever um but like nevertheless like the boss fights require you to like move around and not get hit by chainsaws or a car or whatever require you to do things that like the game is not like it didn't really equip you they require they require your character to move to turn around in less than two minutes yeah which your characters cannot do like you move so slow like i don't know what it is like turning left and right in this game is so painful for your character to do they said like, how could we make a tank controls still like how can we not make tank controls but still make it feel terrible 
like it, it feels that way it really feels like there are times in this game where it's just like i i can't for the life of me like turn left or right <laughs> um or just like move out of the way so like what happens is like you have what should be these really intense sequences that feel really boring mm-hmm. so like you fight jack uh you probably you got to this where you fi- we fight him in the garage yeah yeah and he like shoots himself um and he before he shoots himself he's like uh you gotta see this boy or something like that yeah uh he kills himself so like naturally he comes back Mm -hmm. um because he's more or less invincible yeah uh the second time you fight him you're fighting him uh, he's fighting you with a chainsaw um and he's like running at you and trying to basically like chainsaw your body off yeah um and so you're supposed to like dodge these chainsaw swipes it's, yeah and it is like not it, possible it, it feels like you're fighting him underwater it yeah. is it is like this lumbering slow attack at you as you like really slowly move back it's like someone mm-hmm. is teaching you the choreography for how this fight is supposed to go yeah <laughs> like it is just it's really boring like yeah no you you nailed it on the head with it feels like you're fighting him underwater and yeah like, or it's like you're in a dream and you're like fighting right. somebody. It's, <laughs> it's just, just uh... like, yeah, it's just like, do I have fucking like lead boots? Like, why am I moving so slow <laughs> yeah. when I should be fucking bolting out of here? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, be and a like die every, button every, in those situations. Every every boss feels that way. Every boss feels like it is just this lumbering, slow, like. So when you get hit, it's frustrating. She's like, I saw that coming from a mile away, but I still got hit. <laughs> yeah, and also just like uh, the hit the uh. The animations for like when you make contact or effective contact aren't great. They've always kind of been that way in Resident Evil games where you're like, I don't know if these headshots are actually doing anything. Yeah. Um Yeah, like that stuff is And that's what confused me of... about the the like creatures in this one. Is like, am I actually am I doing the right am I shooting him in the right spot? Or yeah. are they just taking a lot of shots or like Yeah. It's, it's just not really conveyed. Yeah, it, it, the the boss fights are a bummer. They're like one of the weaker parts of this game. Um, mm-hmm. For like, I think I'm pretty sure Capcom was like, "How cool is this?" Like, they're they're unique for sure, um, but they're just not. They're a slog to play through. Um, and my last point of criticism, which I said like three times now, but I keep thinking of things as I uh, talk. Um, Ethan, the guy you control, sucks. Yeah, like he could not be a worse protagonist. <laughs> like he he is a shitty dude he has no he has like this silent hill syndrome where he has no fucking inflection in his voice yeah so like you know at the beginning like when you're first coming into this house and like a cockroach crawls on him he like freaks out yeah it it is like the worst thing that's ever happened in his life is this cockroach crawling on his arm um and then throughout the rest of the game he's getting stabbed he got his hand cut off Mm -hmm. all this shit is happening to him and his reactions are like oh no no oh no and, and by the end of the game he is fucking devoid of of emotion yeah like he will just like like enemies will turn into giant sprawling monsters and he's mm-hmm. just like why don't you just stay dead and he just turns into like this boring c-tier yeah. fucking action star um like so fucking shitty like what do you like, think is worse do you think the the like turning into an action star or like the Lara Croft thing where she forgets that she has killed a million people before and like in in the the newest um tomb raider she's just like oh god all over again like after killing one person it's like just, no you I, murdered everybody 
I just don't understand the voice direction in this game. Like yeah. when you're sitting in the booth and they're just like, all right, so uh, Ethan's killed, uh, you know, like 20 zombies at this point. So this is nothing new to him. And mm-hmm. in like the back of my mind, I'm like, this is still like Ethan's first night <laughs> having yeah. to deal with any of this shit. This All of this should be super jarring and exhausting and like freaking him out. Like, but he's just dealing with it like with fucking this super professional panache where he's just like, yeah, whatever. Kill another zombie. Who cares? <laughs> Like, he's just, like, he's saying one-liners at the end. Yeah. I'm just like, man, this sucks. It sucks to be, like, this shitty guy going through this. Like, even, like, Jill in, like, the PlayStation game had way more uh, personality Mm -hmm. than Ethan here. Like, Ethan is, like, one of the, probably the worst Resident Evil protagonists I've ever played as. Really? Like, (laughs) he's just bad. Like, he's really uh, not endearing. Like, Mm -hmm. the choices he makes are shitty. Um. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't I don't even know what drove him to go find his wife, given how shitty his choices are. Like towards the end of the game, yeah. Um, and how just like unemotional he is about a lot of it. Um, yeah, Ethan's a shitty protagonist. Yeah. At at the end of the game, like this is a minor spoiler, but Chris Redfield shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like f you, <laughs> and Chris Redfield is like the iconic like fucking action star yeah like there's nothing special about chris redfield as a game protagonist and when he showed up i was like finally someone with character (laughs) i was like chris redfield showed up now like some interesting shit's gonna happen but like make it yeah no it was really dumb like i I really didn't like playing as ethan uh yeah he's he's bad at the beginning and he only gets worse that sounds pretty sweet uh, but overall, like I, I've said a lot of like negative things, but I, I like this game. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the atmosphere is really, really good. Um, and I just hope Capcom, uh, for the life of them can write a good Resident Evil story. They haven't written a good one since one. So, uh, one day. Yeah. I started the first one and I, I don't know. Like I started it just to like, out of, uh, purely like an educational standpoint i guess like it was just Mm -hmm. like to see what it was like and played up until like the first few zombies or whatever and i was like okay cool (laughs) did you play the remake yeah that's the one that i played okay i I really like that game i I think the remake of resident evil is like excellent like Mm -hmm. the the puzzles are intriguing like that mansion is really interesting Mm -hmm. like as you discovered secrets um i think resident evil one is a solid game yeah um, and I, I honestly think the series has only gone downhill since then. Like four was cool how it played, um, but from a narrative perspective, and even from like environmental perspective, four was kind of lame. Um, I just don't think it play. I don't think it feels that good. <laughs> like four or one. Four. No, it's four. Kind of feels janky. Like yeah, it feels um, it feels very just yeah janky. It just it doesn't. There's no flow to how you play it. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm like, going to plant my feet here. I'm going to aim and shoot. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I know that that is supposed to add to the tension. Like, I know why it's like that. It just, I don't know. It's yeah, not four, four was like genre defining for sure. Yeah. Um, But I, I don't think four holds up. Yeah. Um, And, and narratively, four is a nightmare. <laughs> like, <laughs> four has like some of the worst characters in the series. Um, We can move on from Resident Evil. Yeah, let's do it. Tell me something uh, sweet. All right, let's stick on. Let's stick with mine. Um, 
I started and I've played about ten hours of the new Xenoblade Chronicles. Okay. Um, have you played Xenoblade Chronicles, the I have, original? I have not. Or Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii U? No. You told me about them, and <laughs> it sounds cool. I don't think I'll ever play them. Uh, th- they're kind of like these grand epic in in the proper use of the word epic, like these uh-huh. sprawling RPGs. Um, and epic in size of like, and as far as scope goes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the original Xenoblade Chronicles, like society, was built on the backs of these titans. Yeah, that were kind of like pretty rad. Yeah, they were like locked in this like eternal war, and then at one point they both like killed each other simultaneously. And like one of the titans was like this giant metal one, and the one was this bionic one. So like mm-hmm. humans and other uh, uh, organic creatures grew on this bi- on, on the I think it was called the the Bionis was the name of right. the titan, and the Mechanis right. is where all these like robots grew. Uh-huh. Um, you know how robots do they grow? Oh yeah, um, like trees. And like what was cool about that was like the the, the sheer this was a Wii game, and like the sheer scale of those worlds and like the the fantastic music and like the the depth of the RPG systems and like kind of the way that story progressed like it was a very good new JRPG like JRPGs have kind of been stagnant for a long time mm-hmm. um Persona kind of like kicked them out of their funk um mm-hmm. and then Xenoblade kind of said like hey you can still have these traditional JRPGs uh but done in this really grand way that like I think Final Fantasy 12 uh kind of kickstarted but uh, I don't think it really was nailed until uh, the first Xenoblade. Yeah. Um, and what was cool about it is just like that whole time that game was reminding you, you're on the back of a Titan. Like you would be walking and you would see like its arm in the distance or like its head above you. Um, yeah, that's really cool. And it was just like rad. Like, and just finding out like how these, how the world became the way it was and like the way the story affected the future of that world. Um, all that stuff was like really intriguing. Yeah. Um, the sequel came out and it was kind of its own thing. Um, it like took place in our universe. So like the, the your characters were refugees from Earth that had been destroyed because two other civilizations were fighting near Earth and destroyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you were literally like the cities just turned into ships. So you were flying the ship that was Los Angeles and that Great. was the only survivor. Yeah, Los Angeles is the only surviving town of, uh, of Xenoblade Chronicles X. And it was uh-huh. called New Los Angeles. Okay. Um, You're selling me on this. No, it, it's the dumbest thing. Xenoblade Chronicles <laughs> X was kind of a disappointment. Like a lot of the uh. a lot of the trailers showed like, uh, they they kind of expanded the scope. They're like, yo, it's the same big huge world you love, but now there's like mechs and shit, and you can fly them. And they turn into motorcycles and then planes yeah. and like it was really fucking rad. And then playing the actual game, I was like, this is kind of a bummer. Um, it wasn't like as fun as it. They made it seem on those trailers, um, mm-hmm. and, and the story was ass. <laughs> like wow. it was, it was not a good world to uh to inhabit. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, I was kind of like on the fence about this one. Yeah. Um, nothing in those trailers made me really intrigued to play Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Um, what was the big complaint again that came out after like the trailers did? Was it just that it looked the same, or what, like I remember there was a big like hubbub about something. Uh, I it was kind of more anime. Okay, maybe that um, was it. It was like the characters were definitely more stylized to be like anime characters, and uh, mm-hmm. like so they they kind of like went away from like 
a more realistic, uh, not realistic, but like a fantasy world to an anime Grounded. world, which like, yeah, are, you know, obviously like sometimes those two can come together, but a lot of, like anime has its own tropes and fantasy has its own tropes. Yeah. Um, and so this game definitely has a lot of anime in it. Like, you know, characters will scream and then they'll shoot out a giant beam and their opponent will also scream and shoot out a giant beam and the beams will cancel themselves out in Good. midair. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Checks like, out. It, it's all this shit where like last second deus ex machina shit is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, characters that are like destroying shit, like, like giant monsters in the gameplay will be felled by like one little dude with a knife in a cutscene, yeah. like all these incongruous ways, all these uh, anime storytelling. Sorry, weeaboos is just really like you have to fucking accept so much shit at face value. <laughs> like, because if you try to like sit there and like logically like assess what you're looking at, you're like, all of this is nonsense. Yeah. Um. So I think that was a big complaint of it. It's like, oh, they're gonna make Xenoblade more anime, but like. Fans of Xenoblade know that at the end of that game, that game gets anime as shit. Like, uh-huh. you're you're fighting gods, and, like, you fly into space, and, like, the fucking Bionis and the Mechonis are moving around and shit. Like, it turns into Gurren Lagann. Like, it's just... It's it's incredible spectacle after incredible spectacle, just for the sake of, like, we don't have anywhere else to, else to go but up. Like, um... Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that's what... That was the concern of it, was just, like... But at, at the same time, like, I feel like anime fans like will publicly say like we don't want it to be more anime but inside they're like yes it's more anime this time (laughs) um so far so in in my 10 hours of the game like uh the immediate things that pop out to me is like this is a huge game Mm -hmm. like i'm 10 hours in the game is still like hey we haven't told you a total we haven't given you a tutorial about this system yet and i'm like fuck man how many (laughs) systems are in this game like sounds like um, it's very complicated like your characters are called drivers. They have other characters that they sync with that are called blades. So okay, drivers and blades fight in pairs. A blade basically will have affinities that will get, they'll give to their driver. So the driver has like different fighting styles based on what blade they use. So it's okay. kind of like Pokemon in that sense where you can have multiple blades and switch them out. So like you'll uh-huh. use your main blade, which is Pyra, which is like one of the main characters of the game. And she'll give you like sword abilities and like fire abilities. And then you can switch it to a blade that'll give you like a martial arts move set. And you can switch it out to one that will give you like uh, a spear yeah. move set. And you'll yeah. kind of switch depending on what the situation calls for. And uh-huh. then you can sync your abilities with other uh, drivers and blades. And so you can make like these special chain combos. And yeah. like depending on like what level of uh, art you use, it'll make a different chain combo. So like, and that is determined by like how many hits you have and your timing of your hits and Uh like which arts you use. And you can like, so you can choose to like sacrifice a hit to charge your meter more. And then your meter will go from like two to three or whatever. And then it'll make like a special thing. And like, and like, this is like, it's like the level of pocket card jockey. Yeah, no, it it is so many systems that are just like, (laughs) thrown together and you're just like yeah i guess this makes sense but stop adding <laughs> shit to it like um all these different you're ways to customize team. like your characters so like there's a mm-hmm. lot of variability in how you can play the game uh-huh. um which is cool like if you're gonna have a giant sprawling rpg make it one that like you can play differently each time you play it no um nah why not no that's <laughs> who, fine who wants to do that we'll be all right um <laughs> just like like there are there are 
high highs and low lows like this game is uh-huh. like the first one beautiful and sprawling um and has like a lot of ambitious systems and customization and like just seems like a good game to pick up for like 30 minutes to an hour and do a quest um because mm. there are so many just side objectives you can do throughout this world um and also like what i like about it is it kind of reminds me of skies of arcadia mm-hmm. just that like the world is set above the clouds um oh, your character is yeah. actually like uh a diver like he is a he's a diver and a driver um oh, cool but he can like basically he looks for artifacts under the sea but under the sea means under the clouds under so it's weird sea. to see him like diving under uh-huh. like what basically he's basically inside of a cloud but it, the game treats it like it's the ocean okay so it's really interesting like it looks like you know the opening cutscene it looks like he's underwater and then when he submerges he's coming out from above a cloud uh-huh. um that's and cool. it's weird too because like i fell off a, a bridge into uh-huh. the clouds and i thought that was just, that would have just killed my character but he can swim in the clouds uh-huh. so like this world has some thick ass clouds that you can swim in hell yeah um yeah some thick with the double c mm-hmm. some fucking voluptuous clouds uh-huh. um some sticky fat cotton vape clouds that's the that's actually the reveal <laughs> of this game it's is under underneath the clouds there's just a whole society of vaping people or the the titans are vaping or the titans are vaping there's sick ass rigs their <laughs> blades are actually these giant vape machines yeah. um where i have issues with this game are obviously as i get older i have less patience for anime storytelling <laughs> uh-huh so like a lot of the characters are kind of grating um in a way that's supposed to be like endearing but it's just like man you're fucking annoying <laughs> like yeah um like there's an entire race of characters in this game that are like little cute bunny things okay and, like it's fine that they're little cute bunny things but they also have to have like their own goofy accent Can so they're basically them? like the jar jars of this universe where you're just kind of like man i don't want to deal with this yeah. um also uh the, the the voice acting is miserable like it is really bad <laughs> it's um, in english it's in english and nintendo okay. like mercifully gave the japanese track um to download for free okay so i downloaded the japanese track and it's less miserable but only because i don't understand what people are saying half the time yeah because in the cutscenes are subtitled obviously Mm -hmm. but all the battle chatter isn't so i have no idea what people are saying during battle oh that's Um, okay and it's just like uh, yeah like i was like maybe i'm missing like important cues or stuff that like could help me fight they're just yelling about subbombing and stuff you don't (laughs) yeah like i switch it back to english and then, like, it's honestly like, we're going to get through this fight together only through the power of friend. And I'm just, like, immediately back into <laughs> Japanese. I'm like, nope, yeah. fuck this. <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Awful. Like, I cannot listen to, like, every time you go and you find a new environment, mm-hmm. like, someone has to make a quip about it. And you find a new environment all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, good thing we found this place during the day. It, and then, like, just characters talking over each other, like, the God. fucking editing is so poorly done that um, sounds th- like um what's that stupid the other cap the capcom game about the dragon where you get the dragon heart or he steals your heart dragon's dogma. oh oh dragon's dogma no 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 dragon's dogma is not half as bad really i i kind of like the pawn chatter in dragon okay. in dragon dogma compared to this like uh it, it's really bad like it, it's just i don't know like there there are enemies that like like humanoid enemies like uh of the evil empire in this game mm-hmm. and the soldiers will have two lines of dialogue and they'll you'll fight like a group of eight of them 
So literally, you'll hear the voice sample for the same line of dialogue six times, like, overlaid each other. Uh-huh. So it's just like, it'll be some guy saying you can't stop the Empire six times, same voice, coming at you at the same time. Uh, yeah. So it, it, there's a video about it that you should watch online. It, it's really grating. So, okay. so fortunately, there are options to turn off chatter, like, turn off battle chatter, turn off exploring chatter silence these motherfuckers. yeah just like tell these people to shut up because like yeah it's a disservice to the game because the game has a gorgeous soundtrack it's a yasunori mitsuda who's uh the guy who did chrono trigger and chrono cross yeah like so he's like revered as like one of the best game composers of all time yeah uh and the soundtrack in this game is great it is just constantly fucking marred by some of the worst voice actors like like i don't remember the first the, it's the same company that did um or it's nintendo of europe who also localized the first xenoblade okay. and the first xenoblade isn't half as bad as like how bad the chatter is in this game um so it's yeah weird because you usually hear about nintendo's localization being like amazing yeah well treehouse does a really good job yeah but that's our yeah. that's us's yeah yeah nintendo okay. of america that's not nintendo of europe who apparently doesn't have the same uh standard of quality <laughs> um like i get it like you make a game like this that has fucking a billion lines of dialogue because it's 80 mm-hmm. hours long and i get that like maybe you can't always hire the best people because they're too expensive but like this feels like they found some dude off the streets of scotland uh and they're like you want to do this the, the game that popped, <laughs> the game that popped into my head when you said it, it's an eighty-hour-long game, and you can't really hire the most expensive people. Metal Gear Solid did it. There just was no voice acting. Which Metal Gear? Oh, you mean uh, MGS Five? <laughs> There's yeah. like three lines of dialogue that entire game. Yeah, it was a real, it was a real mistake. Yeah, and it, the biggest mistake in Metal Gear Solid Five was like, I mean, you finished it, right? No. <laughs> Do you not know the twist of the game? Nope, I okay. don't. Well, shit. <laughs> so. uh, I should finish that at some point. I have like 80 hours in that game. Okay. And I bought it again and restarted. All right. You haven't finished the twist of that game? I don't think so. Were, they, were you revisit the first mission? Nope. Okay. Well, finish that game. Okay. Um, because I'll they... do that. I'll do that like in January. Do that in January. That'd be like a good time to go back and play some older games. Yeah. Um i don't have too much more to say on xenoblade like if you like the first one if you like jrpgs it really Mm -hmm. is a fine game like it's a game that will like give you a lot of stuff to do and explore um has systems that are gratifying even if they are like obtuse um like it definitely just needed some better localization um and you know an editor like most jrpgs like they just need someone there to say like let's not do this because this yeah. is even this is even more this is way over the top even for an anime. Yeah. Um but ultimately like I'm seeing it as like this is going to be something I'll probably be playing a lot of over the holiday break as mm-hmm. like something I can just kind of sink into uh yeah. and not think too much about. Like it's a good one of those. Yeah. I wouldn't there, say it's so much moment, like yeah. There there's a moment the other day when I was like um you know I'm not really doing anything. I'm not at home. I kind of just want to play something. I wish I had Skyrim with me. <laughs> right. It's like just something to to play, I guess. Yeah. yeah um, think, of, think of this as like this year's JRPG Skyrim. Okay. 
you're not playing Skyrim, play Xenoblade. Or Zelda. Or Zelda. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking like if you're a <laughs> Switch owner. Yeah. Which I guess Zelda would also count. Uh, cool. Let's move on to my last game. Sure. Um, let's do it. So, <laughs> this one is called uh, The Norwood Suite. I know nothing about this. It looks like it came straight out of 2003. Um, so it, asset-wise, yes. Like, it has okay. very... Uh, I would say like the God. What what engine is this even like? Free, like <laughs> Unreal Two, like, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, like it, it definitely has old assets, but it is kind of one of the most visually arresting games I've played this year. Really? Um, just because of just the way things are laid out. Um, okay. And like the the fact that they use these low-fi assets make things pop out all the time, and I think that's what they were going for. They okay. will. They really want to draw your attention to like specific things, um, mm-hmm. so like because the game is not graphically intense, like any any one thing in the environment can really pop out. Um, mm-hmm. And I've even noticed that like there are parts of the game where I'm like, this thing is definitely way more high res than this. The things around it. Yeah. And I think that's like how they do like a lot of their visual tricks. It's like, oh, you're gonna definitely notice this thing here that looks a lot crisper than the assets around it i love um, crisper so the norwood suite i would i i would in a my elevator pitch would say would be this is if david lynch directed jazz punk that's okay that's what i would say this is this is a a lynchian kind of environment and story and characters um with that kind of groovy 60s jazz punk aesthetic um Essentially, the, the, the narrative of the game is that you are an agent who is going into this hotel to uh, deliver something to a DJ that is playing at this underground rave at this hotel. Okay. Um, you are what you go in and like everyone kind of confuses you for hotel staff. Um, so you're kind of just doing odd jobs for everyone in the hotel with the ex purpose of trying to get a costume to make you look like the hotel's uh, owner who went missing um, so that you can get access to this rave or whatever um, Uh and get a hold of this DJ Um, it is it it is it is it's interesting because it's like it's a surreal game but it is something that like someone with enough money could recreate this hotel in real life like it's like it's like there's nothing about it that is like fantastical it's just yeah like what are the themes here like what is the tone uh so like it's definitely like has a tone of like there there is something insidious kind of happening in the edges of this universe okay um like the actual things that are going on in this hotel like essentially like there is a uh, party that everyone is trying to get into. And also there is a board meeting from this huge conglomerate that looks to, that wants to buy the hotel and turn it into a server farm. Mm-hmm. And they're all there to have a board meeting. So it's kind of like this weird, and, and but it, like no one there is hostile or like it, everyone is there is just kind of like an employee that is looking for a place to stay the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is just kind of investigating how these like completely different groups, like this group of artists and musicians and then how they're interacting with this group of like basically suits um and like the interactions and kind of relationships you're exploring there 
and also the hotel staff that kind of seems like they all have like an interesting past or history they all know each other and like they kind of like are you can see you can tell that they're telling inside jokes to each other and you're just, you're kind of like out of the loop for a lot of this stuff yeah um as you go through the hotel you're kind of exploring the history of its uh owner this guy named peter norwood who is like this a musician that basically like revolutionized like uh i don't know if it's jazz or uh something like around that around those edges mm-hmm. um the game takes a lot of like um a lot of uh its focus is kind of on its sound design and so like as you move from environment to environment the way like the music kind of bleeds into each other and uh the way like sounds are incorporated everywhere like it's really well done and like it's definitely this game where like you are sucked into its world um almost immediately because it is just so bizarre and like yeah um it just like the, the the way the hotel opens up and like the the tasks that you have to do for people and like you do something as banal banal as like someone says like oh you work here make me a sandwich and so uh-huh. you go into the kitchen to make a sandwich and while you're like making the sandwich all these we- you're triggering all these other weird things to like occur and that's kind uh-huh. of where the jazz punk element comes into it is like it kind of always keeps you on its toes it's not trying to be funny uh-huh. um but it's like surprising enough that it is still kind of humorous mm-hmm. um and then there's just like there's there's weird things going on in this hotel that are never really explained. Um, like every time you do a mission for someone or like an objective. So if someone's like, hey, I need like my computer broke and I need to write some sheet music. Can you go somewhere in the hotel? Like this is a hotel obviously made by a musician. He must have sheet music somewhere like blank yeah. pages. Um, so you go do a mission and you like complete it. And they're like, all right, one more thing. Every character gives you like a one more thing mission. Okay. And then when you go to do that uh, and come back, they always disappear. So, like, there's characters, like, just disappearing throughout the, uh, as your playthrough. Um, and so, like, that's a mystery. Like, where are all these people going? That, yeah. like, okay. Uh, and then you'll see things, like, you'll be walking and you'll look up and you'll see someone, like, at their window kind of looking at you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, what is that guy? And then if you go up to the room they're in, like, they're not there anymore. Like, uh, the hotel is definitely, like, it feels like you're being observed the whole time. Um, Should I play but at the same? same- it's cool. Like it sounds interesting. I'm kind of into this. It's definitely interesting. Like I said, like if you like David Lynch or if you like jazz punk, like I don't think I've ever wa- like experienced any David Lynch stuff. You've never watched Twin Peaks or no Mulholland Drive, no Blue Velvet, no. You gotta watch Mulholland Drive, dude. It's a good movie. <laughs> okay. And also, Twin Peaks is a good show. Um, like, or did or or like. A, a good uh, a racer head uh no. watch a racer head okay because that's that's a short movie from him that'll give you an idea of like his style of directing um okay. you've played jazz punk though right nope i okay i i know what it is though like i've i've watched that was back when i was watching a lot more games than actually playing okay um this is a cool game like it, it's it's definitely interesting like it'll it sticks with me like i'm just kind of thinking of like the little events throughout the game um it's just a fun place to explore which is like unfortunately like not something i say with a lot of games where i'm like this is a fun place to explore yeah um i think the simplicity of its design like of its assets and everything 
um, or why it stands out so much. Okay. Um, I think if they try to make like a more realistic game, a lot of that uh, that visual identity would be lost. Some might um, say the same thing for Dujana. For Dujana, for sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like Dujana was it like sounds like this almost the same uh, like argument you were making for Dujana. Dujana was definitely like a more uh, eclectic mix of things. Okay. Dujana has like a lot of styles in one game. Uh, whereas this game has like the one style it has. Okay. Dujana was more like, hey, what if we put all these incongruous pieces together and watch how it fits? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Whereas this game is more like it has its one style. Um, I don't know. It's it's really cool. Like, huh? How much? I, how much is that? I want to say it's ten dollars. That sounds right. I might check that out. That sounds cool. Like it is cool. It sounds really interesting. When did that come out? Uh, this year. Uh, I'm not I feel sure like exactly I remember why. hearing somebody say something about it and then never checking it out. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of went under the radar. Like, yeah, the only publication that I think like got a hold of it and likes it is Rock Paper Shotgun. Okay. Um, and that's just because they are a PC focused uh, yeah site. Um, but it's it's pretty cool. Like. I like it a lot. It's it's definitely this year's jazz punk. I feel mm. like every year has a jazz punk now. Yeah. Um, I would I recommend it if you are into, or even if you're into like the process of being a musician, because I think that is kind of what the underlying narrative of this game is, okay. is like this famous musician and like how his uh, talent and his fame were kind of exploited by everyone around him, mm-hmm. um, and he like his final opus was making this really strange hotel mm-hmm. where people can kind of like inhabit his music, like live within it. Um, this game also has a very unique soundtrack. Yeah. Like the music in this game is very like, unlike anything I've heard before. Okay. Um, but it, it's, it's really cool. Like, huh? I would definitely recommend uh, picking it up. Yeah. If I have time, I'll check it out. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> it's just, I bought a game called Elix. Uh-huh. Elix? I don't know. Elix. It's from THQ Nordic. It came out last month, or, well, two months ago now, mm-hmm. in October, and it just flew under the radar. It has really, it's by Piranha Byte, mm-hmm. which sounds like they kind of have, like, they just make these cult games. Like, they're not necessarily amazing uh, critically, but a lot of people really just just seem to like them and, like, stick to them. Mm-hmm. Um, hence they have a cult following um, and it has terrible reviews but like user reviews are very high and I'm I'm gonna check that out I guess it looked cool right. I was kind of into it there's some yeah. sword fighting and like shooting and I don't understand what's happening but I'll see how that goes um, but as for games that I that I did actually play and uh, start um Wolfenstein one is crazy. <laughs> like Yeah, it's good. Dude, that game's awesome. Like mm-hmm. Okay. That dude's brain <laughs> was taken. Yeah. That whole sequence, the whole last like 20 minutes of Wolfenstein. Because the entire game, I'm like, why am I still chasing Death's Head? Like, is Death's Head still like my threat? Or is it this other lady? Right. And then I'm like, I rolling up to the very last like moment, like going up the uh, 
the elevator like even before that like the the like that lady's fuck boy <laughs> like attacking me right. i'm just like what the heck is happening but rolling up that elevator like going to death's head like his room i was i was being kind of cynical i was like okay like what cheap thing are they going to make me do to hate death's head like uh, like, are they going to be able to make me remember why I'm still against Death's Head? Like, yeah, he's like a, a real shitty person and everything. But like, like I said, he was just absent throughout the entire game. It's like he's there for the beginning and then now I'm going to kill him. Right. Um, But yeah, they make you hate him all over again. Yep. Like, you hate him a lot. And uh, I, could, I mean... I could spoil Wolfenstein one, right? Is this? I what do you think? The statute of limitations is up. You think? Yeah. It's been two years. Yeah, I mean, I still avoid spoilers for Spec Ops: The Line because I tell myself <laughs> I'm going to finish that someday, or at least like play past the first thirty minutes. Um, I don't know. Just put it in the notes. Yeah. Um. No, dude. Whenever he puts that brain in the freaking robot, and he's like, yeah human intelligence met with like mechanized operations it's blah blah like something like that he's like mm-hmm. i believe that we're on this we are remembered for like what we've created not what we have destroyed or whatever and then right. like you're fighting like i think we both chose to save wyatt yeah and you're fighting ferguson and he's just like blaskowitz kill me please kill me like yeah. dude that was intense like, ah, uh, like I feel like the fight with actual Death's Head wasn't that crazy. Yeah, like that was kind of under underwhelming. But, um, yeah, fighting like Ferguson, I feel like was the real high point there at the end. Um, but yeah, I finished that. Um, I really like that game. I I think it's really cool. I think that it is ridiculous and zany i think are, yes. are my my two ways of describing that game it's it's very it's just like jumping from one airplane to the other in the very beginning it like really stands out to me of like oh yeah okay this is how this game's gonna be like right that really like just sets the bar of like you're a ridiculous nazi killing machine and nobody's gonna stop you and like you're just thrown in ridiculous situations. And then you go to the second one, which literally finishing the first one, I close like the last shot. I see credits start to roll close Wolfenstein two start new game. Go like that game opens with, I believe the same shot um, from the first game, but there is, this game looks better it's two years later and like they updated the the character models and everything and i'm like why is jake gyllenhaal laying on the ground staring at the camera like bj blaskowitz just this looks different it's like yeah if i squint they're the same but it's weird to like i don't know just like jump from one like a game two years old to the new one and it just be like, oh, whoa, what? Why does Anya's hair look different? Like, this isn't Anya's hair. And then, I don't know. It, it was weird. But um, from my, I 
I think I'm two hours into the Wolf into Wolfenstein two. I think I I just got the other like Resistance fighters on my U boat. Okay. Um, that game is like where the first game is just kind of zany and ridiculous. This game is like actively trying to be funny, which is weird. It's kind of off-putting, like going, like I said, going immediately into the second one. It's like something's off here. Like it's just, it's not the same thing that I've been playing for the past ten hours. You know, like right. There's nothing wrong with that. Of course, like it's been two years, and like by the time you would have played the first one two years ago, and then like coming into this one, I'm sure it's been two years, hasn't it? Uh, about yeah. Okay. Um, I, I keep saying that and I'm, I'm not actually a hundred percent sure. Um, but I'm sure like by the time you finish the last one and you would have been starting this one, it would kind of be pretty seamless, like a seamless transition because right. like thinking back on the first one, you're like, Oh yeah, that one was just as crazy, but there, it was still grounded in a way that the new one feels just like it isn't like, I don't know, like something about it is just more cartoony this time around like 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 i said like the first one's just kind of like oh yeah like i'm i'm doing this crazy thing like i'm jumping onto this mech and like i had the lady's head get crushed but it still feels like kind of gritty and like real almost right i don't know it's it's definitely a different feeling and it made me kind of question which i forgot to look up it made me question if it was the same director because it feels like it was handed off to somebody else, and they were like, "Okay, yeah, I think I can. I think I can hit that." Um, but it was it was just a different way of going at it. Um, right. I'm still into it. Like I, I still like. They really make you hate that lady. <laughs> like I forget her name. Um, they really make you hate her at the beginning, and like, ah, yeah, it's it's crazy i whenever i heard people talking about like you getting the suit i thought that was like later in the game like i thought you were going to be like wheeling around as wheelchair blaskowitz for a lot longer than you are or maybe it's just because i'm on easy that like i kind of flew through the beginning um i mean that's, that's the opening stage yeah um that's a cool stage though like yeah i think that's gonna get overlooked a lot this year and like best moments of wolfenstein 2 but like just this badass wheeling wheelchairing like yeah bj just like it's super impractical like uh-huh. he's just like flying down flights of stairs and <laughs> dual wielding while like moving a wheel oh no he, he can't dual wield in the wheelchair but uh it, it was really cool like Tur- well, like turning like and still going forward and like turning right. left and right like even though no, he's only definitely, using like, one hand impractical for sure yeah. but it's a it's a cool sequence. Yeah, it's really good, and like they set up a lot of reasons to hate people, like for being real assholes in the first, like, like everything, everybody that like, it's just intense. Like the the flashbacks to his dad, like from yeah. that to the lady, and it's like oh, like these are kind of the same. <laughs> like even before like the world was effed up, there are terrible people. Yeah, and like that's kind of it's, it's kind of like the, the thread that they're going for there. Yeah, and they're like, here is why America so easily submitted to the Nazis. It's yeah, because white supremacy was already a big thing here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, like that. Well, <laughs> trust me, that game goes many more places. Okay. <laughs> like, you you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, like, yeah. Like, the I mean, also like going back to the first one, I think they did touch on that idea with uh, because since I had Wyatt, I had Jimi Hendrix. Right. And he kind of touches on that, like, about... Yeah, he definitely comments on it, yeah. Yeah, he's like, this is why I left America, because, like, they're all the same, and, like, all that. Also, yeah. I think that moment of him being like, this moment's gonna be loud. I'm like, it's <laughs> so good. Yeah, I was, oh. I was bummed he wasn't in the sequel. Yeah, and then he starts playing the, the national anthem, or the Star... Or was it the Star Spangled Banner? I, I think it's the Star Spangled Banner, yeah. <sighs> Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Like the, the this, these games like nail their tone and characters, like and like fearlessly. That's what I like about them too. Is like yeah, they're they're taking kind of risks with how fucking over the top this shit is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're doing like a really solid job. Yeah. With uh, making you care about these characters. Um telling like a really uh not unique but like uh it's just different out, take yeah. on like the nazis winning mm-hmm. um yeah like and, it's... Uh, and uh, like they're taking a an angle that i think only video games are able to take yeah like i feel like if you were to, to do the same thing in a movie or a tv show it would come. It'd be like, okay, that this is just silly at a point. Like, I mean, it is okay. silly, but since you are like actively partaking in the story, it does not feel as bonkers as it would if you were like looking at it from an outside perspective. Yeah, they also. Um, I also like that they're keeping it like revolution focused. Um, yeah, because I think what a lot of like these alternate history, especially regarding the Nazis. Like, they go a lot into, like, oh, what would culture be like? What would society yeah. be like? And it's just, like, that's not the important thing. The important thing is, like, how do we exterminate them immediately? <laughs> yeah. Like, how do we get rid of all the Nazis? <laughs> and, yeah. like, that's always, like, front and center on BJ and, like, his crew's plans. <laughs> like, they're never, like, this doesn't make sense. Like, there's six of us. We shouldn't attack the heart of their base. Yeah. But that's, like, their plans are always, like, where are we going to kill the most Nazis fastest? Yeah. Like, so they're always, like, creating these harebrained schemes where they're just like, yeah, here we go. We're just going to do this. It's going to be next to impossible, but BJ usually gets it done. Yeah, and I think it's hilarious that, like, like immediately after, like, getting that suit and, like, BJ's like, oh, like, I think I'm going to die. Oh, yeah. Like, they're just like, uh, yeah, the suit should be fine for you to go into Manhattan, but we can't follow you in. So, uh, you got it? He's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like... My insides are being ripped out. <laughs> Caroline. Caroline, if you hear me. Yeah. yeah so it's like, <laughs> There's uh, a lot of that. A lot of, Caroline, I don't think I can do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the Manhattan section is probably the weakest part of that game. Really? I yeah. kind of liked it. I was, I, was... Oh, I, I thought it was just dull. Well, um, it, it's dull, but it's like kind of the same as Wolfenstein 1. <laughs> like, there's, like, the, those missions were very dull. Also... The level design in Wolfenstein 2 is 10 times more confusing. Yeah, no, it's not good. And claustrophobic. I, like, very, like... I, like, if I turn left, I'm just going to be staring straight into a wall. Like, this is kind of... Like, it's hard to discern 
things. Like, it's just hard to discern your path. Yeah, no, for, I think a lot of that game, a lot of those levels have kind of poor uh, level design. I would say that's, like, one of my biggest criticisms is, like, the shooting in that game just could feel better. Um, yeah. Especially yeah. In, especially I, living in a post-Doom world. Yeah. Like, I think it's... I mean, uh, this is what everybody says. It's serviceable. Sure. <laughs> like, it, it does the job. Yeah. Uh, but it's not terrible. Like, no. Also, it's not terrible. Like, that. that's... I guess I kind of thought that since everybody was bagging on it, I'd be I'd go in and I'd be like, oh yeah, this is just like everybody said. Like I guess I could deal with it, but I don't know. I think it's fine. Uh, I think the dual wielding two separate guns is kind of like it's a cool idea in theory, but I kind of don't ever want to dual wield two different guns. It doesn't have the impact you feel dual wielding should have. Like yeah. all, every time I dual wield in this game, I always feel just like uh, I feel like I'm just missing half the time. <laughs> like yeah and i'm not really like dual wielding should be like this like power trip kind of oh holy shit i'm doing Mm -hmm. double damage hence dual wielding but it always feels like i'm just kind of inaccurately shooting these guys and like Mm -hmm. um yeah uh yeah i'm excited to see you finish this game because me too we need to talk (laughs) we need to talk about where it goes yeah i'm really interested in where it goes because i yeah i um i just want to see more wolfenstein this is, it seems cool like dark middle chapter let's let's do it it's cool yeah i'm excited to see how they end it um i mean i after finishing two i feel like it can only end one way but okay they've surprised us before so yeah you went to the moon that one time yeah <laughs> that's the like my favorite line out of the first one i'm on the motherfucking moon, moon. it's like Car- yep. caroline you okay when i went to the moon uh I, I, I like bj like so, somehow like he i still take him seriously despite yeah. the goofy fucking shit they put him through into <laughs> yeah well it's because he's like He's not a shitty character. Like, he has good intentions and stuff. And, like, you are on his side. Like, you want to be, like, yeah. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> like, you, like, you're not a crappy character. Like, uh, I don't know. He's very, uh... know, The best characters seem to have, like, good intentions. Yeah. Like, even if they are doing wrong things, that they have, like, I don't know. He's very, uh, pragmatic. John Marston. So, like, yeah. like there's a scene in uh two where he meets up with a group of communists uh and the communists are like telling him like yeah we didn't participate like american communists not russian communists um and they're like yeah we we uh what's it called we uh not boycotted we we uh didn't uh we we dodged the draft for world war ii because we didn't want to be part of the american imperial uh machine and then mm-hmm. BJ just looks at him. He's like, we wouldn't be in this mess if you guys would have come and fought with us. Yeah. And like BJ is just like, all BJ wants to do is get rid of Nazis. <laughs> he's like, yeah. There's that's no, just, that's he's the like, whole incentive. He has like, he's so, he's one track minded in a way that is just like really endearing. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, yeah, BJ, you're right. <laughs> like, should have been more people killing Nazis back then. <laughs> 
Um, I, I, I definitely see the through line that people have made of BJ and Doom Guy. Uh-huh. Like, I'm starting to see, like, oh, yeah, I can totally see it going that way. Sure. Just, he's like, I got to kill them Nazis twice. Like, we're not. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. We don't have to talk about, about Wolfenstein anymore. Go back it's, to hell. I, kill Nazis again. <laughs> Make sure they're dead. Yeah, kill them again. Uh, Why won't you stay dead? Yeah, it's cool. You should definitely finish this game before we talk about best moments of 2017. I'm I'm gonna. Um, do you want to take a break? Let's do it. All right. Um, when we get back, we'll be talking about news, and I think I have some. I have an email or two. Oh shit! That we can that we can also go over. All right. Sound good? Yep. All right. talk about news use me up i use me abuse me <laughs> news me abuse me is that what you just said i said news me abuse me okay yeah that's 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 what i thought that works okay um so this week in news is kind of less uh, upsetting uh no <laughs> <laughs> I think it's less uh it's less um bad. <laughs> no, it's it's not as bad as it has been. I think you could say it's par for the course. It, yeah, this is more just yeah, this is this is just on the ongoing saga instead of like ex- everything exploding. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, our first uh our first piece of news here is Destiny 2's apology for um like okay destiny or destiny bungie came out i can't remember the guy uh oh well the like director of destiny 2 came out and was like hey sorry we haven't been listening to you uh as close as as closely as we should be uh we're gonna be a little bit more um community oriented in our upcoming updates like to make uh, quality of life improvements to destiny 2 and we're gonna try to keep you guys updated because i guess uh bungie just has been quiet as far as development like they're not really talking to the community they're kind of just have their i mean understandably they kind of have their heads down and they're probably just working wait is that what the apology was for uh i thought the the apology was for the xp that was uh yeah, I thought it was about the XP that wasn't being, uh, like, I guess, honestly uh, represented. Maybe. Like, we talked about that last week. Yeah. Um, But I, th- the apology that I'm talking about was the one titled, uh, um, oh, gosh. Where is it? Let me find it. Um, it's good audio. It was a blog post titled The State of Destiny 2. 
And I, I guess it wasn't really an apology as much as just like an update. Um, but it was, um, what's his name? Luke Smith and Christopher Barrett talking about how they need to be more open. Like one of the lines is literally, we need to be more open. Um, and this was following the cancellation of their like live stream that was going to be um, like talking about the curse of Osiris, which is the uh, expansion that came out or is coming out on Tuesday, December. Yeah. December or today. Is it still coming out? I thought it got delayed. Did it? I'm not sure. No, no, no. Um, All this research no. we did. Yes. <laughs> no. It, well, I'm checking. There's a lot of dates here. So today, Curse of Osiris is coming out. Today, Tuesday. Okay. And next week is their big uh, updates that will be the quality of life stuff. Okay. Um, and yes, this is all following them canceling that live stream because everybody was like, can you just... Like I, everybody was upset because they aren't communicating with their community. What's going on? Like, especially with the XP stuff, like that was, like I said, it all, like that's kind of the predecessor to this entire story is that they weren't telling people that their XP was being gated after playing like a strike or something or like a, a public event, like several times, it would just start giving you less XP, even though, the counter would say you're getting 5,000 XP every time you would actually be getting less. Right. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, what, what is happening to Bungie? <laughs> like, I mean, I feel like, I feel like Bungie was kind of one of those almost, uh, like <sighs> Bungie has kind of fallen from grace. I feel like, Falling from grace. <laughs> is I mean, is that a overstatement? Is that an understatement? Like, what do you think? I feel like they were up there with like Blizzard at one point. Um, I mean, I think and like these big developers, and now it's just like I don't. They're they're kind of just misstepping everywhere. It's and it's just kind of been ugly. I think Bungie was in a bad relationship with Microsoft. And so they said, we're going to do our own thing. And then here comes Activision saying, yeah, totally, wink, or you're going to do your own thing. Yeah. Sign this 10-year contract with us, or whatever their terms <laughs> were. Uh, yeah. And now Bungie can't really make the game they envisioned for mm -hmm. a myriad of reasons. It's not all Activision, but definitely Activision is the one pushing for you know, misleading XP and... Uh, yeah. loot boxes and like <clears throat> events that uh, are getting trickled out in a really unsatisfying way to players mm -hmm. um, whatever th the creators of Destiny had envisioned for this game uh, four years ago five whenever this development cycle started uh, yeah. D Destiny is not that game Like, yeah. and I think they know this they think they know that they made a game that was not what they envisioned it being um, and now they're just dealing with like a, a, a structure um, kind of built off what Destiny 1 was. Um, and they're kind of just stuck in that uh, until this hell cycle is over. <laughs> like the thing is, is the idea. I remember leading up to Destiny. I was thinking like it was that and like No Man's Sky. I was like, 
these are going to be my games. For the rest of time, I'm going to play Destiny and No Man's Sky. And, like, I mean, whatever. People hate No Man's Sky. But, like, Destiny is not what I thought it was going to be. I was more upset about Destiny than I was, like, No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Because of the pedigree that, like, Bungie has. Like, to make an interesting world. And I, I think you're right. I think that what Destiny is, is, like... It's not by the choice of the developer. It's a lot of Activision saying, no, we're going to do this. We're going to split this up. This is going to be a 10-year plan. Here it is. <laughs> like, I think they uh, probably wanted to make a persistent online world. But Activision probably said, like, all right, well, how do you make this profitable? Like, you know, yeah, we World, of, world of Warcraft had a subscription model. Um, and pretty much... Almost every game that isn't Final Fantasy fourteen and twelve uh, that has had a subscription model outside of World of Warcraft has not been profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it ends up going free to play, and then that's its own thing. Like, so I, I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think whatever designs for Destiny there were uh, in its inception have come to fruition. Um, and like, we're kind of seeing now in Destiny two that like that destiny model is kind of like unsalvageable like mm-hmm. you can only make that kind of game for so long before like uh players run out of content to play and you can't make content at the rate that players are going to consume it so people have kind of feel let down now that there's not that much destiny to play or that these raids are coming out so infrequently or that like these weekly updates aren't uh that enticing or exciting and then like uh and then doing things like uh purposefully uh like uh what's it called misleading people into thinking they're getting more experience than they are yeah. uh just to like make it not feel like a grind even though it's just as much of a grind like mm-hmm. all of this stuff are are this is all the fallout of uh of destiny just not being a sound a solid foundation to begin with like yeah you made a loot game shooter uh but you like you made a you made a very restricted uh boundaries around like what the players can actually do in it yeah um and so it it ends up being this like race to the top like who can just get the best MacGuffins fastest and ultimately <laughs> like the only thing that determines that is how much time you have rather than yeah. your skill or anything like that uh it, it's like i don't know like t- talking about destiny to me is like taking a Xanax like it's like <laughs> It's it was a cool idea that has never really delivered on that uh, promise, mm-hmm. and I I just don't see, I like I feel pity for the people who are holding out for better destiny, because yeah. like you know Taken King it fixed things, Destiny Two fixes things, but ultimately like what people want Destiny to be like I don't think is ever gonna happen. Um, and yeah, like. Val, you know, Bungie can apologize all they want, but like, ultimately, like, I I am waiting for, you know, ten years from now when someone writes the or directs the Destiny documentary, on like what like what actually happened during the development yeah. of this game, and like what were people restricted to what they could say about it and what they can actually fix in it, and um, I don't know, like it's it's a real bummer. Yeah, it's just um I don't know. The like Destiny just feels like 
haphazardly thrown together almost like in a way i know it's not but like it feels like the the core game was made and then they were like okay well all right let's figure out how to break it apart and get more money out of it and like i don't know it's just i can see a better destiny (laughs) (laughs) we can all see i feel like i feel like we have um kind of conceded and Destiny 2 were like, oh, yeah, it's like it's way better than Destiny 1. But Destiny 1 was very upsetting. Like, Yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> don't forget, that game was like not at all what we thought it was going to be. And it's like, like, no, remember what we thought Destiny 1 was going to be? Like, that was awesome. Like, the the ideas that they, that they put in place and the thing that they made us think it was going to be was like, oh, yeah. And then when it wasn't, do you re- like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, um, I don't know. Like, I guess I never felt fell into that hype uh, mm-hmm. because I was never a big Halo fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I could see why, like, people who were Halo fans or Bungie fans, like, did get disappointed. Yeah. But like, nothing about Destiny. Like, I remember seeing some like early footage. Or, uh, like, an early walkthrough, like, earlier in the year before uh, uh, Destiny came out. And feeling like, is what is there to this? Like, mm. I, I like I see the, the Bungie pedigree of, like, all right, there's some solid shooting here. There's some pretty cool design stuff here. There's a nice skybox over here. But, like, what is <laughs> yeah. the thing that's going to keep me coming back? Because it wasn't the Crucible stuff, for sure. Like, that was a no. really poor multiplayer mode. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm like, all right, maybe I can see my friends and I playing this and, like, exploring. But, like, those worlds are so linear and limited. And, like, those missions were so fucking dull. Like, every mission in Destiny that isn't a raid is, like, go shoot a bunch of guys and press A on the MacGuffin. And then, yeah, whatever. Like, all that stuff was just so underwhelming. Like, and this is, like, the foundation on what a 10-year thing is supposed to live off. And it was bad. Like, it's... Yeah. Like, it's to me, Destiny is unsalvageable. Like, the only way you salvage yeah. Destiny is you say, hey, you know what? Like, the foundation for this game was bad. Like, and we can't really build... We can only build on top of it. We can't really expand it. Uh, So, I don't know. We're going to start over. And, like... We're going to blow up the world. Here's new Destiny. It's this now. <sighs> yeah. Sure. Like, they couldn't even, like, do so much as, like, let people carry their... uh their old guardians over to two yeah like you had to I, start new ones <laughs> like, dude, yeah i remember how upset i was like personally i was pretty upset that it was just on earth and like in our solar system uh-huh. like it felt like that along with like gears of war were just super upsetting as far as like both games like more gears of war because do you remember that um what is it cliff plazinski or whatever is he the one that does gears of war yeah okay do you remember him giving that interview about like oh yeah we thought we might like take it to a new dimension or like take it to a new like solar system or do all this or this like then we decided to just make it like marcus phoenix's son do you remember that interview that he gave i don't but like dude i remember i don't know it like that's how i felt about destiny we're just like oh yeah we you guys could have taken it anywhere and you decided to just stay at the most bland, like 
safe, like do the most safe thing that you could. And it's just upsetting. Like, and uh, yeah, but they, they're doing updates. So, you know, it's getting better. Sure. No, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Enjoy Destiny 2, folks who are still yeah. playing Destiny 2. <laughs> I like, thought about buying Destiny 2 okay. instead of Elix or whatever. But I'm like, Elix is trying something here. Even though it doesn't have great reviews or whatever, it's trying something. I would rather see that than Destiny 2. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't play Destiny 2 if it was free. Like, it's it's not an issue of, like, price or anything. It's just, like, that game does not appeal to me in any way. Yeah. It is, like, yeah. it is a treadmill through and through. Oh, yeah, no, totally. And, like, I just i am not interested in that kind of game anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about, are you interested in trying out PSVR for free? Uh, no, but... <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, so I, I... Yeah. I included this just because it was... This was so interesting to me. I don't know, like, the, the story here is Sony is letting you, like, you're... There's a program that they're starting up that they will let you give them your in like your credit card information and they will just send you a PSVR to try. Like this feels like the last like hurrah for like VR like no 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 just put it in your house like just put it on just try it we prom like if you don't like it you can send it back but if you forget to say anything about it it's you're spending $300. Yeah, that's like the strategy of like how do we charge people for something? It's yeah, like, I know. We make them forget they own it. Yeah. Or we we give them a task, which is like, it's very easy to get a PlayStation VR, uh, for free. Mm -hmm. But then like the extra step of like shipping it back, yeah, and all that stuff. Like maybe people don't yeah. want it. Like the the few people who don't do that, they're like, hey, we got ten thousand new PSVR owners because they were too lazy yeah. to send it back. <laughs> yeah, and all, well, on top of this. Uh, two ninety nine is not a bad price for the PSVR, I guess. I uh, mean, I think that's cheaper than what it has been. That sounds maybe. like it's on par with what it has been. Okay, um, maybe maybe it was cheaper. I, I, or maybe there was a cheaper price. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I just this felt like the whole like send Nintendo your your DS or whatever, and they'll move your saves or something or like it's definitely it's just, clumsy yeah it's it's so weird when to me whenever a big company has you sending things back and forth sure i mean like, they, they're the only ones that kind of have like the pipeline yeah to do an operation like that it seems weird to me uh because i thought psvr was a success like as far was as it? as far as vr systems go doesn't it have yeah. the most sales i think so yeah, so um, like I mean, it has I didn't over a million say, sales, like yeah, which is impressive considering it is like easily like demonstrably the worst VR headset there is. Yeah. Um like I get sick in VR like and that's playing like a Vive or an Oculus. Really? Like I'm going to get super sick playing anything. Like I when I was playing Resident Evil, like the whole time thinking about like how chunky the <laughs> movement feels. Yeah. And thinking about doing that in VR, I was like, oh, I would barf all the time in this game. Yeah. Um, like that, the God, second that, that any slowdown just, hit, I would throw up. You just reminded me of uh, something that was bothering me in Wolfenstein 2, which mm -hmm. is it feels like Crisis in the, in the way that 
there's a lot of like first person like i don't know like crisis had a thing where it was just like we're gonna do crazy stuff like you're gonna get like thrown through the air and roll around and everything but we're not gonna cut to like a different camera shot it's just gonna be in first person so it's like super hard to discern what's going on Mm -hmm. and i feel like wolfenstein does that and i sent a message to you guys over the discord and i was like this just feels like crisis now like something about it feels like crisis i didn't know what you meant when you said that i was like you have a power suit what what do you mean no no no. i i've like kind of in design too it felt like crisis i don't know maybe it's just me killing koreans um (laughs) yeah like um but psvr yes I, i i don't know like VR is in a weird state right now because like it's kind of that 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 hype has kind of died down again. Yeah. Um, like it's not the hot new technology this year. It's that's either the Switch or a 4K TV mm-hmm. seems to be like the big ticket items for at least gamers. Yeah. Um. So I don't hear people talking about like yeah I'm saving up for the especially like with the horizon of there being wireless VR. Um. And and it's it's also just like a software thing. Like there aren't killer apps for VR yet. Yeah. Like there aren't. There aren't. There is not a must play. Like this has to be experienced in VR, and it cannot be experienced anywhere else. And it's like revolutionary the way that like a Mario sixty four was or anything else like that. That doesn't exist. Uh, so I don't know. Like what the strategy for first parties is as far as VR. Like, are they going to iterate on their VR? Um, are they going to just let it die? <laughs> yeah, VR like, feels like it's dying. Like, I feel like we came into VR a generation early. Yeah. I feel like every the, everything without VR is like, it's just a little off. Like, we're yeah. almost at having it wireless, but we're not quite. We're almost that it can run at 60 uh, and at like 4K or 1080 or whatever resolution it needs to be so you don't barf and have the screen door effect. Yeah. Like, we were very close to all of those like... Uh, kind of thresholds and we came into it a little bit early so like those problems still exist there's a big wire that the tech is expensive that's that's the other giant uh hurdle is yeah. that like net you know if this would have if vr would have come back in five years those headsets would have all been 300 dollars cheaper yeah um also so I, I feel like yeah we were still like I, I f- we jumped the gun with vr i feel like something that contributed to like I don't, I don't know if we can call it the failure of VR just yet, but like just kind of how they came out, especially the Oculus, where the DK1 came out like four years ago. Like yeah. people had those those headsets like four years ago and a lot of people kind of saw what it was and kind of made their first or their assumptions to what it was and saw like, oh yeah, it looks fun, but I guess I can just do what these YouTubers are doing and I don't know. We kind of saw it already. Um, I feel like if it would have, like uh, how games are announced now, where it's like earlier this year, if it was announced, and then it's like, okay, all these headsets are coming out in October. Like, right. I feel like there would have been a whole, like, like, there would have been a lot more buzz around it and a lot more excitement than, like, I feel like whenever the headsets came out, it, it just wasn't very exciting. It was just like, okay, well, now they're out. Right. Like, like okay and then like nobody can find them because there there aren't a lot out there um yeah i i just i don't know i i think i think just having it out in the air for so long kind of killed it a little bit before it even got to like 
go. <laughs> like, I, I think there's just like a proof of, uh, proof of concept thing. I think that yeah. like the fervor for VR was there. Like, I think it was pro- like poised to take off. I, I think that the price and a lack of uh, software, of like convincing software, because there's a yeah. lot of shit on VR. It's just, you know, oh, yeah. shit. Um, I don't know. There's porn. There's porn. Maybe porn will save it. Thank you, porn Maybe. VR. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I am curious. Like, I, I, I would like there to be good VR. <laughs> yeah. I would like them to make a good, like, have the tech at a point where, like, it doesn't immediately make me sweat and feel, like, swimmy. Yeah. Just because, like, I look down for a second. <laughs> like, um, I, I, I want that it... tech to get there. Yeah. But it is not... It is not a perfect solution right now. Um, it is definitely like a hobbyist thing. Mm-hmm. Like anyone who owns a VR right now is because like it's it they have the money to afford like extra toys. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah, I don't know. You just re- you just reminded me that there's a line in that in that bungee like thing that about being more open where they're like we want to make it more accessible for people to like play it as a hobby. I'm like, oh, so uh, Destiny 2 is hobby grade now. Cool. No, for sure. Yeah. um all right um oh also uh lastly on this psvr thing uh they already filled up like all the spots are filled up for this program already i guess that's a good sign yeah it took like half a day so i i I don't know how many they were shipping out but i mean for it to fill up that fast that's pretty crazy um So, next, uh, Demon's Souls is shutting down their servers. Or, uh, At- did Atlas? Atlas do is Demon- shutting them down. They're, yeah, so Atlas is shutting them down. Yes. Um, they were supposed to shut them down, God, like in 2013 or something. Really? Um, okay, why a, did that not happen? There's a big backlash. Really? Yeah, people really wanted to keep them up. Um, so they kept them up for what seems like four more years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now they're actually shutting them down. Um, I put this on the news just because, like, I don't know. To me, this is a big deal. Not because I still play Demon Souls, and I am I question people who are still playing Demon Souls mm-hmm. ten years after this game came yeah. out. Uh-huh. Um, like, I mean, other than like just out of a like an intellectual exercise or something, just like, oh, let's see what the big hubbub of this game was. Yeah. Uh Demon Souls servers like or I guess the online component of Demon Souls like radicalized gaming in a way that like I don't think it gets enough credit for. Um okay. I've always heard like crazy things about it, but I've I just have never understood it. Well, like almost like 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 the buzz term is like oh a persistent online experience or something. Mm-hmm. Um that like every game tries to do and, you know, to varying degrees of success. Um, Demon Souls did a very basic thing, which was just like, hey, <laughs> like, uh, occasionally, like, another player can come into your world and be an NPC or, or yeah. act as a as an opponent. Um, and also, like, your actions will affect the shape, the, 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 the way your world uh, reacts to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that stuff was like, revolutionary for 2007 or 8 or whenever that game came out yeah um i remember that like being like a a really 
I it was just like eye opening. Like, oh holy shit, I'm playing this single player game, but now I have like this actual person coming in and trying yeah. to fuck my shit up, and also being really impressed with like how the world would change as I was being uh as I was dying a lot or as if I was performing really uh, well. Yeah. Um, seeing how like because like that's that was the system with Demon Souls that hasn't been uh repli- uh repeated in any of the sequels. Because mm-hmm. it had something called a world tendency, which means that if you did poorly, the game would get harder. And oh, as really? you did better, the game would get easier. Um, okay. And to and, and it would hit milestones. So, like, if you were doing really well, like, you were playing, you were beating bosses, you weren't dying a lot. Um, it would open up new areas. Um, so, oh, you would get, weird. like, special... There were special items and areas that you can access depending mm-hmm. on the world tendency. And then, like, if you're doing poorly, like, same thing, like other areas would open you would get special items for that um and so atlas every once in a while would say like hey this this weekend is all white tendency uh in demon souls which means that like the areas that would open if you had a white world tendency versus a black one Uh uh would be open um and like that stuff was like really cool and i think shaped a lot of how online games are kind of designed now Mm -hmm. um in like, other ways too whereas like every game is kind of like dark souls and demon souls for sure yeah like the core mechanic of those games have also been uh basically like brought back the roguelike genre yeah in a way that like no one could have expected mm-hmm. um and yeah like it's i don't know like it just feels like i wanted to give this the uh the deference it deserves yeah because like yeah dark, the demon souls is like out of like fucking left field like atlas published it atlas generally like you know every once in a while they get like a big success under their belt like a like a persona yeah. uh but for the most part atlas published really small titles they published titles that basically like no one else wanted to pick up yeah um so you know they they picked up demon souls like it's just interesting to think of like what the gaming landscape would be like if demon souls never like picked up in the west yeah um well it's crazy to think that like this game has like it's it's over time it's like a fine wine over time it's like gotten kind of more and more revered uh, like just as mm-hmm. time goes on like demon souls is really um like i don't know it, it's just been respected for the crazy things that it did yeah and like i can't find the word i'm trying to say um tannin it's just getting the respect that it deserves like years okay. later even though i'm like whenever I, I definitely didn't hear about it when it came out um i heard about it in like my freshman year of high school like somebody i said uh i played dragon's dogma that's it's really hard and somebody's like yeah but have you played demon souls i was like <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah, but have you played Demon Souls? That's basically how that how that went down. Um, yeah, it's a cool series. Like, I'm interested to see what From Software does now that they seem to be taking a break from it. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. It was <laughs> Demon Souls like online component changed gaming. Yeah, like I, in a way did. that like <laughs> I I think people don't really see like see the scope of it. Uh, yep. so yeah uh bittersweet news i mean it, it's 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 time like 10 years for a single player or a largely single player rpg 
that like again is a PlayStation exclusive. This game never came out on Xbox or anything. Yeah. Um. All right. All we'll right. Move on. So, yeah, let's move on. Um, we got emails in for our contest. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> we have a few, but I think we're only going to take these two. How's that sound? So the first one is gaming related. Uh, we got Excellent. this one. This one's <laughs> this one's from uh, Kevin, and the entire T of the message is: What are your all's top five favorite games of all time? Interesting. So th- the reason that we're going with this one is because I don't think we've actually stated what our favorite games are. I don't um, think I have a top five favorite games. I yeah, I'm thinking about this now, and I'm like, okay, I got two. Yeah. Um, but do, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go? Uh, do you have a do you have a go to? I have a go to favorite game. Uh, yeah. Okay. What's your go to favorite game? Okay. Are we just gonna? Let, yeah. Let's go back and forth. Uh, so my go to favorite game. Um. Even though I I did say that like Doom is I think like one of my my favorite game of all time, I'm actually gonna go Portal because no matter what I like Portal is I just always look back on it as like this experience at my mom's house of like finally buying the 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 orange box like six years after it came out and then playing Portal on my Xbox and having my mind blown because it's just it's just so simple and like it's like it's just a crazy experience and i think everybody should play portal because it is a really um it's just an interesting thing that you can only experience in gaming all right all right that's what i'm going with uh my favorite game i don't know if i've said it on the podcast i've definitely told you it's earthbound yeah on the super nintendo Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like every <laughs> everything about that game, uh, is something that shaped the kind of person, uh, not the kind of person I became, but I guess like the kind of uh, games that I like. Yeah. Um, I I definitely think it shaped your tastes. Like, yeah, just... for sure. Um, I I really enjoy games that are subversive. I like games that deal with themes that are not so binary. Um. I, I enjoy games that care about its characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy games that like <laughs> don't mind uh, being a little vulnerable sometimes. Um, and I like games that respect the player and their time. Uh, like I think all of these preferences come from Earthbound, which like kind of nails all of those and then some. Uh, they're just like like every. Part, part and parcel of earthbound is like really important to me and uh they it does it still does things that like to this day that like uh i don't know why more games aren't doing yeah. um and it's, it's also des- like it, there are a lot of things of its design have definitely been like seen in uh later games like you know the fact that like your dad will call you if you're playing too long and ask you to take a break <laughs> i was like oh this was an earthbound way before nintendo would do this stuff yeah um or like you know every once in a while uh you would find a cup of tea or coffee in the middle of an environment just like it would be on a tree stump or just somewhere randomly and then having like 
the game kind of recap what you've been doing and telling you like you've been through a lot and you've made a lot of great friends and like and just kind of mm-hmm. like recapping like hey let's think about why what you're doing is important and think about like what you're even doing at all um yeah and kind of like encouraging the player and then just like small things like sub like subversive takes on existing genres so uh you know it's not just that ness can get poisoned or burnt status effect but he can like miss his mom like being homesick (laughs) is a status effect that can only be cured by calling her um because otherwise in the middle of battle ness will just start thinking about his mom (laughs) and miss Mm -hmm. his turn um and then like i also think that earthbound also springboarded one of the best sequels ever like mother three or um which hasn't come out to the states yet Mm -hmm. uh is like one of the most powerful games ever like it it starts with like lucas's mom's like dying trying to protect them from like these uh raptors that got uh brainwashed by uh this army yeah and like it's it's like watching this family kind of deal with like the loss of uh the mother in like their own way like watching like lucas's father deal with it watching like Mm -hmm. uh, lucas's brother deal with it like um they it really like has some fantastic themes um but yeah like the the mother series is fucking great like i have like no <laughs> there's yeah. I, I can i can kind of find fault in almost every other game i can think of but like for that for those titles i'm just like no these games are just like quintessential perfect parts of like gaming uh history yeah yeah okay um and <laughs> i guess that brings to my second which i'm gonna say elite beat agents all right dude elite beat agents just it rules like i listen to that playlist still at like once a week mm-hmm. like and man i that game is just it, it is all about just having a good time dancing it's it's literally just about dancing it's about dancing and i love rhythm games and i think that was like the first i remember having somebody explain that game to me on like on ds a long time ago and uh, he was like no like you're you're these like uh men in black kind of people and you're like dancing and i was like that sounds like that sucks and i just fell in love with that game like i feel like it is an awesome rhythm game um although like i feel like the ds uh the like abilities of music on the ds kind of hold it back um but yeah that like that game i just I love it. Like I still play that game like once a year. It's it's just a, a great time. Um I, yeah, I don't know. There's not a whole lot to say about it just because it's not like a story. I mean, there is a story which is insane. Um No, that Elite Beat Agents has like it has a, a through an, line. <laughs> it has an it has an energy. Yeah. That I think very few games can capture. Yeah, definitely. Like it's you're dancing and, and saving people's lives and yeah. saving earth and agents the power go. of dance yeah the power of dance is really amazing yeah, uh, that, game, that game definitely makes you happy yeah when you play it it does make me happy yeah. all right what's your next one um i'm gonna go with civilization five. Oh yeah um i have put I have put so my Steam library says I have put like six hundred hours and it's wrong. Uh it's more like closer to 
1500 to 2000 hours golly um into civ 5 why um <laughs> I, I it is utterly engrossing like the civilization like the series but really 5 after they patched it up and got the dlcs cuz it, it kind of launched a little sparse mm-hmm. um kind of how how 6 is uh had launched as well okay. um but what civilization 5 is now is kind of like the perfect example of how to design ui um in a way that keeps you engrossed and informed in everything that you're doing yeah um which kind of allows you to strategize and and think like a thousand years ahead in your designs mm-hmm. um so like it, it is just like super engrossing to be playing this game where you're like i'm in the fucking dark ages but i already have ideas in the back of my head on like how i want to develop things um you're making like it's just like playing that game multiplayer with friends and like having the strategy that i planned and i'm like this isn't gonna like pay off for another two hours yeah. but like if it pays off it's gonna be the most gratifying thing ever <laughs> um and just like that whole anticipation and working and then like also like the, there's kind of like a, a layer of deceit there too because like you have to you're also working in conjunction with people um whether it's like through treaties or trade agreements or science packs or whatever it is um there are just so many layers that are like are done so elegantly um and like i don't know it the the few games like let me travel through time the way civilization 5 does yeah like civilization like 5 is probably still the only game that like if i turned it on i wouldn't notice i'm like playing through the more through the evening mm-hmm. like i was just like it's not until like the sun shines in through my window I'll be like oh shit <laughs> Um, and I think it's just, like, a master class in, like, good design. Yeah. Um, like, more, like, I, I really like, f- uh, 4X games. I really like RTSs. And, like, nothing commands my attention the way Civilization Five has. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, a, to me, it's, like, a perfect game. Like, I don't think there is a fault with it. Like, you can be someone who doesn't like turn-based games, and that's fine. But if you have even a little bit of patience, like, Civilization Five is something that you can spend thousands of hours on. And find just as enjoyable, like, the first hour as you do, like, the 2,000th hour. Yeah, and, like, especially with Civ, like, as somebody who is not into uh, turn-based strategy games at all, like, you've seen firsthand that I suck at them. Like, I have still played, uh, like, 20 hours of Civ, and, like, I understand why it's such a good game and, like, why it's so fun. And I've probably watched more Civ than I've, I've actually played because it's super relaxing like i i put it on while i'm cleaning and it's just like yeah there's just a dude playing civ and telling me his strategy is like okay well i'm gonna do this because i think the romans are gonna like it's just it's a great game like you're right it's it's a really great game and you can play it like indefinitely like you can play it forever because it's it's just it has a lot of variety Mm mm-hmm and it's also been supported with a bunch of add-ons and stuff. Um, anything else about Civ? Nope. All right. Uh, just because I'm, uh, I can't sign into my Evernote to see all the games that I've finished, I'm going to go ahead and put Doom here. All right. <laughs> in, in here. I don't think these are ordered. I don't know. Yours, uh, yours really. sound like it might be ordered so far. I don't know if Doom is higher or lower, but Doom is just like 
it's everything that I want in a shooter and everything that I like wish shooters would do more. And like, even though it's so simple and like a story, well, I don't even know, like even in storytelling, like reading all the collectibles and stuff, there is just so much about doom that is creative. It is a very like creative shooter. And it's not just like, it's not just another call of duty. And it's like, it was one of the first games. I well, Wolfenstein came out before before it, but it was like one of the first games to go back to the whole like pick up like medikits or whatever med, med packs, right? As you're flying through levels and pick up ammo, um, and like I don't know. I guess you could argue that Wolfenstein isn't as arcadey about it, you know, because you have to like pick them up off the bodies and like Doom literally just has them in like blue and green packs around the levels. Right. But that's like, okay. Like it works in its favor. It's like a style like thing. And they, they do a really good job of like, you always feel like you're balancing your health and you're balancing your, your ammo in a way that is like, Oh God, I need a glory kill something here. Or I need to like, like even in the most dire of situations, I like I can just whip out my chainsaw and get a bunch more ammo. Yeah. And it's also presented in a way that isn't like it's not the whole game either. Mm-hmm. Like you find ways to replenish that stuff through playing the game instead of like being like, Okay, hang on, I gotta take a second here and figure out how I'm gonna get health. It's like, no, I'm just gonna run up and pull this dude's head off. And also it's just an entertaining game. Like it again, it's a lot of energy the same as elite beat agents um it has a lot of energy like there is like that game is like just a hundred miles per hour like every second and i mean that goes with how fast paced like you move like you you just sprint all the time you're always going 100 miles per hour and like you never slow down to reload like you don't have to reload in that game and um i just i I think it's also a game that benefits from harder difficulties too. Like in a way that other games don't know how to really um, treat a harder difficulty other than just making like people bullet spongy. Like that game spawns in more enemies with a harder difficulty. And like, it doesn't seem like the, the enemies get bullet spongy as much as they just, they find ways to, like I don't want to say overwhelm you because it doesn't feel like you're overwhelmed. It just feels like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just adding more flavor, I guess, to each level whenever you go up in higher difficulties, which I, f- I just feel like games don't know what, what to do with higher difficulties anymore. For sure. No, like Doom is definitely one of the greatest shooters. Yeah. That's ever been released. Like I was just kind of like floored by how seamless the execution is and like easily some of the best enemy ai also yeah (laughs) like i'm just like still in disbelief at like how good those uh imps are at just like following you around the stage like you can be like the most like yeah dexterous uh doom player ever and those Uh imps will still find a way to like (laughs) flank you and appear from all around you and like and they do it in really organic ways too, like the way they just jump around the stage and climb shit, and like 
uh, yeah, that game is like shooting and cursive. Like it's just like oh yeah, that's it, a great way to really put it. Really good. Yeah, yeah, it, it's Doom rules. Um, I'll kind of parlay off Doom to my next game. Okay. Uh, which is Metroid Prime. Um. Okay. Yeah. I, a lot I of people. That. <laughs> a lot of people kind of say that like Super Metroid is the best Metroid game. I really fucking like Super Metroid. Like, mm-hmm. Super Metroid for sure is like a fucking masterclass in atmosphere. Uh, I think soup. I think Metroid Prime does it better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what Metroid Prime success like excels in is uh making making the player actually embody Samus. Okay. Yeah. Um, in a way that like games never really did. Like, I'm trying to think of other shooters. Like, for sure, there have been shooters where you embody a character. Like, you know, Duke Nukem, for sure. Like, he's spitting out one-liners, and when you go up to a toilet, he can pee yeah. or whatever. Like, there are games that, like, let you uh, assume a personality. But, like, it's just, like, the minute details of, like, how Samus interact or how you interact with the world as Samus mm-hmm. uh, that are just, like, to me at the time were just like unlike anything else um you know something like as simple as like refracted light uh yeah. shining back into your mask so that you can like see your eyes yeah um the way that like you can kind of use like your x-ray thing and kind of observe yourself mm-hmm. um the way like samus would uh react like very subtly like not in a way that like took away control from you uh mm-hmm. but would still react to things in the environment um, whether it's something as like basic as like, you know, like putting her hand over her visor so it doesn't get steamed up yeah, or, uh, just like ways she would shift her weight around different encounters, uh, or the way, like how solid the platforming was for a first uh, person game. Um, yeah. just like little things like looking at the ground as you jump, mm-hmm. um, like, that's one of like thousands of reasons I have for why Metroid Prime is like probably one of my favorite games, or definitely one of my favorite games, but yeah. probably in my top five. Yeah. Um, that's the thing too is like we're giving a top five, but like this could change. Yeah. Because uh, there are a lot of games that like I feel like I think that would be would would be worthy of a top five spot. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just kind of what's coming to me now. Yeah. Uh, also, like, you, there are some games that I want to let like simmer before I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is in my sure. top five. Yeah, like, um, I, I think I don't know. I really like enjoy a lot of games from like the past two years, but yeah. I feel like it's a little early to be like, yeah, okay, yeah. Other than Doom, um, <laughs> yeah, for sure, <laughs> except Doom. Uh, yeah, and just the world design of Metroid Prime, I think, is fucking stellar. Oh yeah, like definitely, like the world design is so like organic and it feels like a world it feels like a place that was like inhabited and lived in and abandoned Mm -hmm. and time has done stuff to it like it it feels so much like this again the metroid prime came out in like 2002 or something Mm -hmm. like again like look at other shooters of the time they were like basically still in the in the mold of original doom they were straight corridors um you know games like halo uh did a lot to advance kind of like space in shooters mm-hmm. um so halo had these big like battlefield settings uh but when it went when it got to like the indoor environments of halo like do you remember like the library yeah and like how dull some of those areas yeah. were and like 
Metroid made this like Metroid Prime has this world that's like so seamlessly tied together and like in one second you're like in these lava pits and then you're going into like this underwater frigate area also it just feels alive like there's one like something that always has stuck with me from Metroid Prime like weirdly enough is like whenever you're going through like one of those spiral tunnels and then just all those beetles start crawling all over the walls and stuff and it's just like that little itty bitty like detail of like like you're just shooting at the little beetles all over the walls it's like it doesn't feel stale or stagnant. It just it doesn't no. feel like just a hallway. Like because there's something there. Like it just feels yeah. like these like creatures are inhabiting inhabiting. And, oh my gosh, <laughs> they're living in this world. <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, and then Metroid's always kind of had that. They've always had like the creatures that are docile. Like they won't attack you at all, but yeah. they're still there, just crawling along the wall. Like yeah, um, there's like an ecosystem to these worlds that like uh. I mean, Samus can very easily just destroy, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but you don't have to. Like, it's not part of your progression. It's just like another piece of flavor. Yeah. Uh, on these worlds, like yeah, and I I definitely agree with what you say about like making that character feel unique. Like you are, yeah, yeah you are embodying embodying this like person, and like from every like every bit of that game just feels like I am Samus, like. Yeah. Like, I'm in the suit. Like, especially with, like, how they do with the screen. Like, you can see, like, the edges of her of her visor. Right. And stuff. Like, that's just awesome. Like, you don't see that kind of de- detail in first-person shooters. Like, yeah. Like, or at least not until, like, very recently. Yeah. That, like, people, like, you know, HUD started to become more creative. Like. Yeah. Like, Metroid Prime, like, pretty much, like, perfected HUD design. Uh years and years before like that stuff was really solidified yeah um and yeah, just like, it's like ag- again like ahead of the curve on like flavor text throughout the world like you were saying you can just scan yeah. everything and like yeah. learn about this world and ma- like that just makes it feel so much it, it's so much more alive and it's not just picking up like recordings and stuff and like picking up collectibles it's like it's in the world like i'm scanning this thing yeah i mean like that's like one of the strengths of it and one of the reasons I really enjoy games like Dark Souls and Demon Souls is like you are getting a, a a very rich history without doing any reading. Yeah. Just like just like looking at that world, you can see like so much of it and like what happened and without needing to have any kind of context or like again, like a two minute uh dialogue thing or like mm-hmm. a radio pickup or whatever. Um so yeah, like yeah, as far as world design goes, like it's really hard to top Metroid Prime for me. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with. This is hard. <laughs> um, I don't know if I should go with like. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say Dead Space Two. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that was my first introduction into like how intense a game could be and how like i feel like that game puts you like again i like it maybe not up to the the like heights of of metroid but i feel like that game puts you into that world like very effectively with sound design like the visuals of seeing what the the necromorphs are doing on this space station and everything and like 
and like even going back to the original ship and like that game was so like terrifying to me at the uh-huh. time and like i i feel like it, it was also a good balance of action but like it was a good balance of action and horror and i i felt like that game moved really well um i haven't actually went back and played that in a very long time like probably since it came out but i just remember like the dread of like going through the ship like every moment it's like something could pop out of anywhere and mm-hmm. or like you could hear something fall in a few rooms over and it it was just super powerful at the time to me and like it was an interesting world like i like the spacesuit and all that i haven't played dead space 1 which as i understand is even more like geared towards horror um oh yeah for sure but i i definitely i think dead space 2 is up there for me honestly it's a good game yeah i like it yeah um r.i.p visceral yeah really (laughs) (laughs) Um, let me tell you about dead space 3 yeah (laughs) um all right number four i'm gonna go with the legend of zelda Uh uh-huh which one is he gonna say? Uh, Majora's Mask. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. You and I met on Giant Bomb forums. Yes. Uh, Giant Bomb is kind of uh, really hard on Majora's Mask. Yeah. Overly they so, kind of, maybe. In a way that is like to me kind of stupefying, because I think Majora's Mask still post Breath of the Wild might be the best zelda wow um i reserve the right for people to say link to the past uh-huh or the originals one okay but but majora's mask is up there wow majora's mask is the most creative zelda there's ever been to this day uh-huh um and I won't hear anything else of it. Like, it took what was one of the most revolutionary games of all time, which is Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. and pretty much fixed everything about that game that was messed up um, <laughs> using the same assets, which I get is a big criticism of it, uh. but to me was like, oh, okay, you made this game in one year. Yeah. You you did what you could with what you had. And by the way, when I say same asset, I mean some of the characters are um brought back from Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise the otherwise the world is entirely new. <laughs> yeah. Um but a lot of times people say like, oh yeah, they just kind of reskinned what they did with I'm like fuck off. They brought back <laughs> some characters from Ocarina of Time that's yeah. not using the same assets. Like everything else about that world is completely brand new. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, like like Majora's Mask to me is well, one of the can, like what's up. Can we also say that every other Zelda is the exact same story, <laughs> and like, sure, Majora's Mask is not the same story. I mean, yeah, like that's one of many reasons why I think Majora's Mask is like really good. Like when 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 one of the frustrating things about when Jeff Gersman's like, it was called Zelda Gaiden. It's a side story. They didn't intend it to be a full sequel. I'm like. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, so in that by that logic, Ninja Gaiden isn't like 
a real series because it's a guide to like the nes games like mm-hmm. the word guide doesn't mean lesser game um to, to me there there isn't a zelda game that has more heart than majora's mask mm-hmm. and there isn't a zelda game that has a better sense of uh, a better tone or 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 sense of dread like like le- like legitimate sense of dread than majora's mask Majora's Mask is like one of the most haunting games like across the board, not just Zelda games. Yeah. Um because of like the kind of nihilistic adventure it throws Link into. Like Link is constantly tasked with helping these people and then constantly tasked with restarting time and putting people right back into the situations they were in. Yeah. Link is like living through this world that is not getting fixed even though he is doing his damnedest to fix it. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just like really interesting. Like they developed this really cohesive three day game where like all these different variables would happen depending on your actions and like the way you learn people's lives and, uh, schedules and everything by like just kind of exploring like, oh, if I do this on this day, like this event will happen. And then having that knowledge, being able to like prevent it or let it happen, but because you're letting something else happen in its stead, like, um, and it's just a very dark game where, like, at the end of every three days, like, pretty much everyone that you, uh, in this universe, in this world has had their shit wrecked in some capacity, and they're just sitting there waiting to die as, like, the moon comes to crush them. Mm-hmm. Like, it is this really interesting, like, tone for a Zelda game, which have always been, like, this very basic like there's an evil force and there's a source of good and he's gonna go destroy the evil force Mm -hmm. and in this time it's link like doing everything he can to stop like this basically like the apocalypse for what these people yeah and like not having the ability to do that um and so just kind of like constantly like butting his head against the wall as like he helps people who (laughs) like and with the knowledge that like once he plays that song again, they're going to uh-huh. be right back in their shitty situation. Yeah. Um, like, a lot of themes that are never explored in any Zelda game, like, themes of, like, mortality are, like, observed really deeply. Like, one of, like, the most powerful scenes in, like, that game is when you finally bring this couple back together. Um, like, the, the, the man in this couple has been cursed. He's mm-hmm. been turned into a child. And, like, it's a huge quest to get him to, like, basically uh reunite him with his uh fiance and mm-hmm. like it's one of the only quests in the game that like finishes right at, as the clock is ticking down to the final seconds before the moon <laughs> crashes into the earth uh-huh. um and at the end of that quest like you you know like once you once you say like okay you guys are back together aren't you gonna flee they just look at you and they're like we're good like we we got back together like we don't care if we die now uh-huh. like as long as we're together and it's just like holy shit like this is a nintendo game still <laughs> like yeah this is a game that like the, the fucking themes of like other zelda games have always been just like i don't know there's three gods and they made hyrule and who cares and like this is finally like a zelda game that like really got into the roots of like what makes its world tick and uh and that's just like thematically like other stuff about this game like you know swimming in ocarina of time sucks shit and so, like, now they give you a mask, and you can turn into a Zora, and it rules. Like, you yeah. fly through that water like you're flying a jet. Like, it's uh-huh. really cool. You can you turn into a Goron, and you can just zoom across the world. Like, 
you can turn into like all these really interesting like things like you know the fierce dd link is still the coolest thing links ever done in a zelda game mm-hmm. it's like turn into like this fucking warrior version of link this like yeah. mystic warrior link uh or the, or like the whole fact that like that game or, or like the antagonist of that game being the skull kid who like was not evil but basically mischievous and got taken over by a mask mm-hmm. and like and the way like he like that's that game kind of revolves around like themes of loneliness because it's talking about like you know like you're the fairy that you're with got separated from her brother so she's lonely she pairs up with link yeah you know the skull kid like lost his friends um and got teased by the other kids like and then link has always been like a lone adventurer and it's just like this idea of like finding friendships in unlikely places like these i don't know there's so many good themes in majora's mask um there's like so it's so rich and like ex, like the bomber's notebook like is basically this giant excel spreadsheet of all the ways the game can change mm-hmm. and like the, the game's like let basically letting you know like hey this is how this game seems short or like there's not much to do but like there's so much diversity depending on your actions and not to mention it has some of the best puzzles and temples in any Zelda game. Yeah. Like, it has the, the fucking temple at the end where you can turn the sky upside down. <laughs> so that, like, it's below you and the earth is above you. Like, that temple fucking rules. And, like, there, there's just so much good. Like, the ending that game on the moon. Like, forget Odyssey. Like, this game did it first. <laughs> um, like, like, there's just so much cool stuff in, like, Majora's Mask. Yeah. Uh, it plays way better, like... Just, like, all these little, like, quality of life improvements. Like, I, I don't know. I, I fucking love Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. And when people speak poorly about it, I'm just like, did you not finish it or not play it? Because, like, it's very easy to play it and be like, all right, this is just a basic sequel to Ocarina. Yeah. This is the predecessor uh, to Dead Rising. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Timing these things. Like, and, and there's just kooky, cool shit in it. There's aliens in this game. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they abduct cows. Like things that are not in there's ninjas there's fucking spirit ninjas that just appear out of the ground yeah and will challenge you and like you know like this whole you know reuniting a daughter or that daughter who has her father in the closet because her father turned into a monster but she doesn't want him to be killed golly like there's all this like really heavy shit and like really solid themes like the song of healing is like one of the saddest songs in gaming period yeah like it's just this really powerful haunting song like majora's mask rules mm-hmm. <laughs> like when i hear otherwise i'm like oh okay well enjoy your basic ass zelda <laughs> like that's about a hero saving a princess like yeah that shit does not have a like a space in majora's mask mm-hmm. there's that butler who lost his son and in the credits he finds him but his son is still dead it's like even after the credits when link saves termina <laughs> there are still characters <laughs> who like oh have lost family members <laughs> like, like it's I don't know, like, it's... I really like where where they went with that game. Yeah. And I feel like we're never gonna get a Zelda like that again. Like, Probably everyone not. was like, oh yeah, Twilight Princess is so dark. I'm like, bitch, please. <laughs> it's not even a modicum as dark as Majora's Mascot. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And it's fun to play and has good... It has good dungeons and everything. Like, Majora's Mask is a fucking stellar Zelda game. Huh. I've never actually played Majora's Mask. It rules. I have a friend that really loves it like it's it's his it's on favorite. the 3ds yeah and it's real good yeah um all right so i'm just gonna mention my runners up here uh okay. or at least my runner up which is probably 
Okay, so the reason that I'm mentioning this is because it is probably the game that I put the most time out of any other game I've ever played. Like, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've put more time in this game than any other game I've ever played, honestly, I think. I think, I think what you're going to say is, is going to be my, is my fifth choice. No. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Yeah. We're going to say it at the same time. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. Battlefield Minecraft. Three. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I thought about Tell Minecraft. Tell me about Battlefield 3. Battlefield 3, like, I, I just want to mention it because, like, I get it. It has to be, a, like, a sign of, like, how old I was whenever, like, I played it. But I played a ridiculous amount of Battlefield 3, and I think that is, like, one of the finest online shooters I've ever played still to this day. I I think that is a perfect balance between like making something highly complex and highly like simple, like, like <sighs> sequels after battlefield three, like battlefield four just gets ridiculous where you're like, you're, you're putting multiple like different kinds of grips on your gun and whatever. And I, I still really like battlefield three, but I'm not going to choose battlefield three. I'm going to choose a game that moved me in a way that I did not expect just because I didn't know anything about it going in. Uh, and that is the beginner's guide. All right. I really liked the beginner's guide. Like it, the way it uses those like small games to tell the story of like how somebody was feeling, like just finding out what was going through somebody's head while making like these levels and like seeing their ideas. And like, even though like half of those uh, scenarios are like not a game, like you're just playing not a game. And it's like, yeah, what if uh, you walked up the staircase and then like, as you walked up the stairs, like it just slowly got slower until you were grinded to a halt. And then like, Mm -hmm the the narrator takes you into the room that's on, on top of the stairs and it's like filled with game ideas like there's just something like you can there there it's just interesting it's like it's it's just an interesting study of a person and like it's interesting to like look at it and and try to imagine what they're saying and like even though they might not know that they're saying anything through their game design. Like you can definitely tell the state of that person's head. And I, I really liked the beginner's guide a lot and I don't think it gets enough credit personally. Like, I, I feel like even when it came out, it was just like, yeah, it was all right. Or what? Like, I don't know. It, it just, it moved me in a way that I didn't expect. No, for sure. That was a really cool game. Like, maybe want to revisit it. Yeah. Uh, just because, like, I get it confounded with uh, the Magic Circle a lot. What is that? They're both games about being a developer. Okay. Um, the Magic Circle maybe has a few more actual, like, gamey elements to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the Beginner's Guide is mostly, like, here's a tour uh, of kind of my thoughts. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, Magic Circle kind of has, like, Magic Circle is a game being developed, like, in real time. Oh, really? So you're kind of, like, in this world, and then, like, a developer will come in and be like, uh, no, change the monster so that they're like this. Huh. And then, like, they'll change in the game. Yeah. Um, But more or less, like, it's about how difficult, like, 
development is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but like, I didn't really like Magic Circle. Uh-huh. So every time someone says the Beginner's Guide, I think of Magic Circle. I'm like, oh, why? I don't like that game. But no, I know the Beginner's Guide is actually like really cool. Um, I like that he started off just like making Counter Strike maps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also, um, like, it it came at a time whenever like I, I feel like developers were realizing that you can tell more mature stories in gaming like yeah I, I feel like that year specifically was there were like i think that's when that dragon cancer came out yeah like i feel like that that was a really good year for just the realization of like oh we can have like grown-up stories and like like we can learn about the effects that development has on people and like like how yeah. like this person's like wanting to find their creativity again because they feel like they've been stretched thin or whatever and it's yeah, just... you, you could trust people with uh, more mature narratives now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, like, or at least trust like a wider audience with them. Like those games have always existed, but they've been so niche. Um. Mm-hmm. But that's cool. mine. All right. Number five. You already got a little sample of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like my condolences to <laughs> every other game that I wish I would have said yeah. on here. My condolences to you, Faster Than Light. My condolences to you, Mega Man 2. Uh-huh. My condolences to you, uh, fucking, like, World Ends With You, or Symphony of the Night, or mm-hmm. Third Strike, or Bloodborne, <laughs> or fucking Deus Ex, yeah. or Planescape Torment, uh, Divinity. Yeah. My condolences to all of you, <laughs> because the, the other game that I'm going to say is Minecraft. Yeah. Um, minecraft's a damn good game (laughs) like minecraft's really cool minecraft is a game of like pure discovery and imagination Mm -hmm. um and i'm really glad that i got into it early Mm -hmm. because i think like the way minecraft is structured now uh takes away a lot of what made that game special Mm -hmm. which was all discovery yeah like, it was cool playing that game and not knowing what the hell I was doing. Yeah. And just learning about things that I could do and how they would work and affect the world. Um, like, when I, I played Minecraft back when there, there was no tutorial, there was nothing. You just, like, started, you're like, oh, okay. And I'm going. <laughs> and, like, and ev- everything was fresh and new. Like, oh, you punch trees for resources? Okay. Yeah. And, like, you make a stick, okay, and then you can make... The, and you're just kind of throwing ingredients together, seeing how they worked. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, more when you pull it back and you, like, kind of realize, like, oh, I can just shape this world in any way I see fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, seeing, like, this actual proper sandbox game, like, um, like a real darn tootin' sandbox game, like... You can do anything. Do I want to make a big tower and fill it with lava? Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> do I want to make a huge space base? Like, go nuts. I'll go as high as I can. Yeah. Or I want to make a big underground facility or a series of interlocking railroads. Or do I want to make a big castle that no one can siege? Mm-hmm. Or, like, and it's like as that, like, as you play that game and you're just like, you start having these ideas and just start chipping away at them, like, that was the other cool thing about the game. It was like you put in the work. So like if you wanted to make a space base out of gold, you had to mine, get the gold, find places to put that gold, yeah. find a way to like keep your 
belonging safe so it wouldn't get blown up or mm-hmm. taken over like all, all the you you had to put in like the work to get things and like so there was always this sense of accomplishment once you made like anything from like a small project to a really big project like you were constantly just like cool i made that no one told me to make that like there's no yeah. gameplay reason to make that it's just like i felt like making something i've made it i have like this really solid sense of accomplishment um and then you just kind of like collapsed your hands and you're like all right next thing yeah and like uh, like I, I played a lot of Minecraft this past week. <laughs> like, okay. uh, I played a lot of Minecraft on my Switch just because I was not home. Um, like, there's also a sense of being able to min-max what you've created. Like, I really, like, something about the idea, like, I do this every time I make a new Minecraft map. I start out, like, making a farm because mm-hmm. I want to have the most wheat that there has ever been. Like, I want to have mm-hmm. all the wheat. Like, and I, I want to make a huge storage just full of wheat and like every time i make like a storage building it always goes the same where it's like oh it's just a normal house up top no it goes down underground and there are like levels of like this level has all the wood this one has all the rocks this one yeah ah it's just yeah they're like minecraft is really good and like every time i look back on minecraft i like it's a game that you don't look back on the negatives it's like I look back on all the cool stuff that I've made. Like yeah. I look back and I remember the time that I made the Mario theme on top of a, like my huge house that I built. Or I remember, I remember the time on the, even on the mobile version where I made an underwater like glass building and I was living inside of that. Like, yeah, you don't look back on like, Oh, I remember that time I jumped into the lava and effed myself over because it's like, <laughs> You're always looking forward. You're never looking back. You're like, okay, I jumped in the lava. Like now, I'm gonna go get all my stuff back. Like I'm gonna re, I'm gonna find more diamonds and I'm gonna find more like of all this and we're it's gonna be fine. Yeah. Because I started out with nothing and I'm here now. Like. Yeah, for sure. Like. Yeah, and like you said, it is pure creativity. They just drop you in. It's like, all right, go. Yeah, it's just like the limits of your imagination are the limits of Minecraft. Yeah. And it's like, and you know, like I, there, there definitely are limits to my imagination. Cause when I go online and I see things that other people have made, yeah, I just think like, holy shit. Like, you know, that Beetlejuice minecart ride <laughs> is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like, Oh, this person fucking did work. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, there are other servers where people are making these giant replicas of like, Oh, here's all of Westeros in Minecraft, or here's all of Skyrim in Minecraft, yeah. and like, um, people have made you know working calculators. People have made Minecraft has become a tool for kids to learn how to program. Yeah, it's where people are like cutting their teeth on like their own little sense of like creativity. Like it, it's it's more than just like oh, this is a digital Lego set. Like it is really this like a uh, captivating creative space that you can be in and like that that is also really pleasant to be in because like like the music in minecraft kicks ass like yeah. it's really fucking good and it always kicks in at like the right time mm-hmm. um and like you know at, at a, obviously at like up close like these are really low res blocks and everything but like at a distant like these worlds are beautiful and like yeah it's, it's there's something about like coming across like you know running whenever i'm looking for a place to settle i'm like i'm running across plains yeah and then to my left i see like a swamp and then in the distance i see like lava 
and then like I see like a tall like mountain range mm-hmm. and there's all these like choices in my head like oh like what kind of place do I want to build yeah um it's like it's constant yeah like like you said like it's constantly making you think of like a better world mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and like what you can make um and people have done really cool things on it like like Minecraft to me is like one of the cooler like trends that happened yeah um it's one of those things where like i immediately got it like like when i saw kids getting really into minecraft i'm like hell yeah of course they did because it rules yeah <laughs> like well, it's just like, it's just it's, all it, it's a, it's positive you know like yeah it's, no matter what it's like just be creative like literally just be yeah. creative yeah it's a it's minecraft is a really cool game and like and a lot of games have tried to emulate it and like have failed because they like kind of forget like the things that are cool about minecraft aren't like resource gathering uh-huh. and collecting like that's not the cool stuff the cool stuff is like the ability to imagine a thing and have it come to fruition mm-hmm. like that's the cool thing about minecraft is like think about it and then like cool i have my idea let's do this like and games don't allow that so mm-hmm. when i see games that are like trying to do the minecraft thing but like ultimately you can't like make a project to work on like you've missed the point yeah <laughs> like, well like also it's it's kind of how I feel about like Minecraft is like almost uh, I, it's almost like perfect in the way that in like its own sense in the way that Tetris mm-hmm. is like the perfect version of that. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's the simplest it could be. And that's yeah. why it's so like regarded and it's so perfect at what it does is because like no, we just found like the four ways to put these blocks and like you put them in the in, in lines and that's it. Like Minecraft yeah. is like the simplest that that genre can be and it is like the pinpoint of like what it is. Like it's just it's just Minecraft, you know? Like <laughs> Yeah, no. They they nailed it. Like Minecraft is one of those things where I'm like I don't think you can improve upon Minecraft. No. Like, like, like Minecraft today, like, they've added a bunch of new shit. Yeah. So, like, oh, there's all these different enemy types and there's these, like, a different resource. Like, they added, re- you know, like, when they did things like, oh, we added hunger now yeah. to make more of a survival element. I'm like, that's cool. And I appreciate, like, the survival element. But that still wasn't, the like, the draw of Minecraft. Yeah. It was, like, digging into these mines and trying to survive just because you wanted to make a fucking fortress of diamonds. Yeah. And, like, you had to put in the work to find them. And, like, even uh, now, like, I do get a little upset whenever I see, like, oh, it's not just cobblestone and, like, dirt that I'm digging through. Now it's, like, all these, like, now there's clay and, like, there's these other right. ones. And it's, like, why do I need these? Like, no, no, no. It was, like, cobblestone, dirt, and, like, gravel. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing else. Like, I don't need to have all these other crazy blocks because I feel like that it's just... It's making it more complex than it needs to be. Yeah. Like Minecraft was perfect four years ago. Yeah, I mean, got even more than four years. Like, yeah. I was playing Minecraft in college. It's like eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Minecraft rules. Uh, this is running long. Let's uh go ahead and finish out Let, with small news. Let's finish out. All right. Super Mario cereal is Nintendo's newest amiibo. Crunchitize me, Captain Toad. It's real good. <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei 5 has been announced as a Switch exclusive. Oh, uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5 out of 5. Shin Megami Switch Eye. 
EA stock prices take a beating after the loot box controversy. Yeah, good. It's fucking greed is bad, Gordon Gecko. <laughs> and Civ 6 is getting its first expansion, Rise and Fall, in, fe in February. Oh, that makes me rise. And I fall. Yep. Um, that's going to do it for the last regular recording of the KaidoCast this year. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's only four hours. Um, <sighs> literally. Well, that's fine. We're getting it all out. It was a good practice for next week. Yeah. Yeah. We I need to start talking. A lot. Uh, yeah, about things we like mm -hmm. and why we like them and why they're better than things you like. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. Um, just a reminder, uh, we have that contest going. Uh, you enter in by sending in a question or um, what else? There was, was sending a question, tweet at the, the KaidoCast Twitter. Um, or just send in uh, your picks for Game of yeah, the Year. Yeah, I was going to say, like that's a, that's a good point. If you don't have a question, just send in your picks for Game of the Year. Picks for the game of the year. Not your picks. Don't send me your picks. Um, no. I don't need to see your pictures. Don't slide into our DMs. Uh, it happens way too often. Unless DM stands for Dungeon Master. Then slide all over our demons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so the I think game of the year stuff will go up. I'm shooting for the 25th through the 29th that week. Um that should be fine. Yeah, it should make it. I mean, that's two weeks to get all this crap figured out. How long out. do you anticipate these going? God, I hope not long. <laughs> I anticipate these not lasting longer than three to four hours each. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I don't see, like, why it would last much longer. No. I, I Yeah, I think that, that should... Unless we get really hung up on, like, placement. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Other than that, we will see you next week. I'm Zach Thomas. And I'm... What was I? You're Oscar Dave or something. Irie. Irie. Anyway, bye everyone. All right, hello, listeners. You are listening to the One Person Kaido Cast. I am your captain, your first mate, and your swabby, Dave. All right, today we're going to talk about Game of the Year. Um, it will be uncontested since I am the only one here. So uh, unless there's any objections, let's get started. All right, number one Game of the Year, Divinity Original Sin. Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying uh, Divinity Original Sin is by far just the best game that's come out. Um, maybe... Uh, not just in 2017, but in our possibly our lifetimes, it just gets uh, it checks all the boxes, um, and then makes some extra boxes and checks those too. It's uh, above and beyond what we've come to expect a video game can deliver. Yeah, I'm gonna say that it is a uh, number one game of the year, uh, and two through ten, all other contenders have uh, been disqualified. They're not worth your time. Let's go ahead and give it to Divinity this year. Let's save everyone uh, some time so you can go buy it and play it yourself. Um, all right, that has been KaidoCast's uh, Game of the Year 2017 discussions. Uh, let us know what you like uh, in the comments. Uh, if you choose anything that's not Divinity, uh, your comments will be deleted.
So great. Tell us why uh, Fane is your favorite character. Tell us about what you want to see in Divinity 3. Personally, uh, I want to see uh, mounts. Let's get some mounts in Divinity. This has been Dave signing off. While you were gone, I uh, I just did Game of the Year for us. You did what? I did Game of the Year for us while you were uh, off. Oh, shut your mouth. So it's all settled. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> God, cool. that's easy. Yeah. That's so easy. Yeah. So Divinity 1. Oh, um, I don't uh, know about that. Got uh, 1 through 10. It actually won all the spots. Oh. Um, and then we ended the award so everyone can go buy it and play it. Wow. Um, yeah, it's very efficient. I think it's, it's easier to, to make decisions when there's only one person in the room. <laughs> um cool. yeah usually usually that makes it a little easier yeah i don't know i'm pretty indecisive so yeah well uh you can wait till 2018 when we have those discussions because we've oh. already wrapped up 2017's game of the year discussions <sighs> all right let's that makes it up. easier on me that's a yeah. lot less editing right exactly so um yeah it's i'll a just nice have po- it's i'll a have nice one episode size. come up that says divinity 2 original sin game of the year <laughs>